Criterion creeps are coming with Jared and RJ from Renoir to Kurosawa and everything along the way. Highbrow, lowbrow, they won't stop until the This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylock. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week we're stripping and wanting babies as we watch Spine 238 in the Criterion Collection. Jean-Luc Godard's A Woman is a Woman from 1961. But first, RJ. Yo. How are things? God damn, Jared, I'm feeling good. You know why? Why? Well, I mean, we got uh, we got the big ride boy, Frank Solano, in the house. He's back. He's live. He's here for some women action, which we could always count on him for. W- women but, I mean, action. Some woman action. Some female action. You know, women's is women's and things like that. Jesus. <laughs> oh, no. I, I left I... him stunned. But, I mean, apart from that, Jared... I'm feeling particularly fresh because oh, uh, I was afraid you were to say Randy. Randy? You're well, feeling particularly Randy. It's like, oh. Sometimes I feel like Randy from Trailer Park Boys, but uh, that's uh, for a, a different reason. If you follow, because you're feeling hungry. Too many cheeseburgers is the uh, the issue, but uh, no, I feel good. We got uh, big Frank Solano in the house and. Uh, before you even get to the emails, uh, the actual physical mailbag was uh, blessed this week with some uh, pretty choice choice uh, artifacts. So uh, I feel good. What about you, Jer? Um, I feel good. Yes. Hi, Frank. He's stunned. Hey, Frank. What's up? Hello. <laughs> That's it. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Uh, jokes on the pot. I stripped a long time ago and had my baby. Ooh, did you sell it? I'm not sure. <laughs> I can just close that information. Okay. Well, at, least, at least it sounds like I'm not sure if I sold my baby. It's like Let, Let's just say mm-hmm. I'd do anything for science. Oh, well, at least someone's got science in mind. I like science a... Gowd. Science Gowd. Science you ever uh, see that Chappelle show, Frank, when uh, it's the reparations ones, and uh, the news reporters are interviewing that guy, and... She's like, is this your baby? And he goes, no, nah, I just bought that baby cash. I imagine that's the kind of situation that you had going on over there. Is that pretty close? Can't disclose any new information. Okay. That's too much already. Well, it's good to know. So uh, I think a lot of people are curious, Frank. Uh, what part of the country are you in today? Like, uh, catch me if you can style. Where Where are you flying tonight, Frank? Are you in the U.S.? Are you... Are you south of the border? Or are you? Or do you just not want to say, for legal I'm, reasons? I'm, uh, I can't say. I can't disclose this. I am in the deep, deep south, way okay. down south, past Texas. Uh, I'm in a little country known as Costa Rica. Ooh, interesting. How uh, hot is it? Hmm. Well, I can only speak American in terms of heat. 
Uh-huh. Let's see. It's actually not down, not that hot where I am because I'm actually up in up in the mountains. Open them mountains. What uh, what kind of local fruit do you got in those mountains? Can you uh, go go out there and uh, find some uh, vegetation or what? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay. We got bananas and mangoes and avocados. You know, the good stuff. I think I follow. I think I follow. So, you see, uh, I got how, 66 how, how, Fahrenheit. 66 oh. Fahrenheit. That's pretty cool. That's We're at the... like almost 90 up here. Yeah. What the fuck? I think I'm reading the right number. It might be 75. I'm not sure. Maybe that's Celsius. Mm. Maybe you guys are boiling alive down there. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> so, Frank, how, how have you been the last five months? Been pretty good, you know. Uh, this COVID stuff has got me inside. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Is uh, Costa Rica under lockdown? Or is it like, do you have to wear masks in public? Like, what's happening there? No, no one's talking. Partially. About, it's it's not like in the news cycle up here. Mm. Oh, it, uh, it, it, we were doing pretty good. Uh, through when when did it start here? It really got started about February, March, but then you know everything just came crashing down in in, in May, June, around that time. And and you just did you like because uh, you're like are you there with your grandparents? I am. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have to like do, do you do all the shopping or do they like a not give a shit? They Actually, go, they go I don't go out at all. No. And, and they they do everything. Wow, your good grandson yeah. Frank. <laughs> they got me. They got me locked up, man. I'm I'm a, I'm a potential uh, fire hazard. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just just because you're hot, 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 or what? in that heat that covid mm. you got a history of respiratory illness down there i used to smoke a lot of darts so uh, i'm i'm pretty frail in my lungs i don't know about you i think i think i'm 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 you know younger generations where we, we were taught to say no to the sig wow yeah. Well, see, my my era, we had uh, older kids like Jared's age, and they uh, peer pressured you into uh, doing it, and they call you all, all sorts of derogatory th- terms until you would do it. Oh, uh, right, Jared. Kids, kids, my age. When are you? When are you mm-hmm. gonna apologize, man? For for my gener- for my for what the- my generation did to RJ's. Yes, you are. You solely are responsible for your entire generation's apology. I feel like. This apology shouldn't begin until the abuse stops, and I'm not prepared to let that go. Mm-hmm. He, uh, how, yeah, how can I let? How can I make an apology when I know that there's worse coming? True. See, True. I mean, like otherwise, it's like a hollow apology. So, well, I'm glad you're upfront about it, Jared. What's this about mail? Ah, I was, uh, I was saying, uh, we got uh, some actual physical mail. We're not going to have an unboxing. Like we did that one time uh, because there's no box. But uh, I got uh, our mailbag. I have a P.O. box up here. So uh, in case anyone's interested, you can't come up here and straw dogs us because with my address <laughs> or anything like that. Can I stray uh, dog you? Can I steal, you your, can like steal your gun? It depends uh, what kind of gun you're talking about, Jared. Um, 
I stunned him. Uh, so yeah, we got some mail. Uh, there was a, a little package, and it was uh, addressed to the creeps. Um, there's two items in there. One was uh, for uh, Mr. Duncan. One was. Uh oh. It was uh, it was left unmarked the the return to sender, but it did say it was from a place called Georgia. So uh, uh. I think. I don't know, Jared. Do you have any guesses on uh, where this uh, this package could have uh, originated from? <laughs> you mean Georgia? Well, yeah. Well, what 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 uh, was contained in this box, RJ? Well, so I was a little bit stunned. Uh, I uh, I think part of it was that it seemed like the gift. What Andrea described, my my loving wife, she said, was that custom made for you? And I was like, I don't know because it was uh, it was so on the nose, Jarrett, that uh, I couldn't have thought of anything better. And uh, I'm wearing it now, so I'll let you see. It is a Arby's T-shirt uh, with a beef and ched under a flying saucer and the beef and ched is being lifted up it says space beef truth and then squad 51 and it is an officially licensed arby's product now will you be uh sharing this this delightful gift uh on the instagram oh 100 i thought you meant with you and i'll share it with you too i'll wear it on uh tuesdays and thursdays and i'll, I'll give it to you for mondays and wednesdays okay oh, cool. or or you can both wear it and and just say to hell with all the COVID, uh, mm-hmm. you know, six feet. No, yeah, no more uh, s- social distancing. Distancing. We're, 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 this is like the opposite who, who, of it. Who needs that? You're protected. We got Arby. We, we need Arby. we need Arby's. Mm-hmm. Arby's. Well, I no, who need we don't need a vaccine. We need the meats. We we need the meats. I try. I, I've said before. I try to stay six meters from Jared at any given times, but uh, we can uh, arrange something for the T-shirts. But uh, as I said earlier, Andrew was pretty stunned, as as was I, because I was like, "It seems like a custom-made T-shirt, Arby's UFOs." It's like, I, I can't believe it. So it's a terrific gift. Uh, I don't know who sent it, Jared, but there was something else in there. And uh, are you also wearing your uh, mail? Uh, I am delight? not. I am not wearing mine. But wow, they are uh, wow. Because <laughs> I just got off of work, and I'm not going to wear. I'm not going to wear nice, bright red Arby's branded socks upon mm. my feet and ruin them. Okay. So that they are not on my person at this very moment. I mean, I just okay. I just thought anonymous people from Georgia sent us gifts, and I didn't think it was any big deal. I, I didn't correlate the relationship. So I don't even know why we're talking about it, honestly. Well, it, it was addressed to the creeps. Well, that's fine. I mean, that could have been anyone, though. That's true. That's true. And, I mean, I know that uh, Mr. Frank Solano had previous associations with Georgia, but uh, it sounds like he's out of the country now. So no, I, I don't know. All ties. Yeah, so it couldn't have been you, eh? Nope. There you see. So why are we even talking about these things? Well, whoever the secret admirer is, I uh, I just want to express my uh, my my gratitude for probably one of the most accurate T-shirts I've ever owned. I'd say it's it's like we got what we never would ask for, but it's exactly what we needed. Exactly what we needed. Yeah. I didn't know such a thing even existed. It's uh, it's pretty pretty amazing. Can you see the shirt there, Frank? Oh yeah, it's pretty pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. So, follow up question, Jared: Are you wearing socks at all right I, now, or I, did you take I, your socks I, off? I, I am. No, I am actually still wearing my uh, my my semi damp, sweaty black socks. 
Mm. And no pants, right? Oh, I, 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 well, no, I actually am uh, currently wearing pants, pantaloons. You're a liar. Mm. Well, take my word for it. No. Okay, fine. (laughs) That's fine. That's fine. Hey, you know what, though, fellas? uh, We have a shit ton of emails. How many? Eight. Eight. It's a tidal wave. Shit, two more, and I would have had to have read some of them. I, I don't even know. I, I haven't looked at these. I have no idea, truly, what anyone's... Oh. Actually, that's not maybe entirely true. No, I have no idea what any of these emails are about. So shall we just right. launch in? Uh, sure. I'm, I'm ready if Frank's ready. Oh, yeah. All right. This North Dakota, oh, yeah. this North Dakota and Costa Rican motherfucker over here. I don't know. One, I've, I've lost a part of my identity. Oh, RJ, RJ started taking off his shirt or something, and it cut away. What? What? What are you talking about? Something huh? something happened there. I don't, even, I don't even know. It, it, it literally cut away. I didn't see what you oh, were doing. Oh, really? It truly. Must not have been important then, I guess. Not, not, not at all. Uh, I okay. <laughs> Hit me with the emails there, J-Dog. Scott Bailey writes, Ooh, no subject. For those who are following me on Letterboxd and noticing how active I've been, I didn't watch that many movies in a short amount of time. I physically wrote what movies I've watched over the last few years. I'll be cataloging probably the rest of them. I've been drinking a lot of slushies lately due to the heat and humidity where I live. I don't know if you guys have slushies where you guys live or not. I was wondering what kinds of beverages do you guys enjoy throughout the year? I mean, I... Do do, Do we have slushies, RJ? Uh well our brand is called Slurpees. Well, see that's Seven Eleven's brand, RJ. Yeah, but uh, we have we do have slush puppies. Do you think that's close to a slushy? It's a little yes. more watery than a Slurpee. Well, I know it's like The Simpsons. That's good slushy, right? It's good slushy. Yeah. Yeah. So we have those ones. Well, you Frank, you ever had a slushy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, gas stations. Yep, they got them up in Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Gas stations, bless you. I, I think that's can't the, really trust them though. Is, why can't you trust them? They, do, do they have salmonella? They're, they're they're gas station slushies, man. That's the best only. Like, where, where else do you get them? I don't. I don't know. You you can't get them anywhere else, and that's exactly. why you can't trust them. Or you or you or, or they, mm-hmm. they're, they're, but at the same time you can't trust them, but because they're the only options, they're the only one you can trust. Exactly. Look, if you can't trust the cashier, you can't trust the location of the gas station. Why would mm. you trust the slushy, Jerry? I say guzzle it. <sighs> Just straight from the machine. Don't yeah, even put it in. Yeah, the cut your gums up real bad. <laughs> uh, you know, I've heard some people describe the podcast uh, like that exact same way. It's, oh, you can't. Thanks trust for it, reminding me, RJ. Speaking only... of pe- speaking of people who have things to say about the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Wait. 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 Uh, I was just going to say, uh, I've always liked grapefruit Slurpees, Jared. Or mm. Did you do one flavor or did you mix like oh, one I of mix, those uh, I mean, red-headed kids? Oh, I mixed like a red-headed kid. Oh, you animal. Well, you got to do, do it all. You know what's the most disappointing flavor is Coke. Like cola. It, it's just like, I don't know, it takes over. It's just brownie and like sweet, but like ugh, it's all wrong. You, you got to get your blues, your yellows, your oranges. Yeah, I, I love the flavor that, of like, medicine flavor, doesn't it? The Coke? That old school. Well, maybe that's just me, like, you know, Maybe like root beer. Coke, Coke was invented in Georgia as a medicine. So maybe that was just because, you know, original original taste, original flavor, Georgia. Medicine, cola. 
Oh, I guess we should also follow up because uh, uh, Mr. Bailey asked us, uh, what kind of beverages do you guys enjoy throughout the year? Uh, I'll go first. So okay. I like a nice cool glass of, a glass of water. Glash. Uh, a, gla- a glass even. A little glass. A gas of water. There, uh, so I like some water. And uh, I also will drink myself some, uh, some Diet Coke or Coke Zero or Diet mm-hmm. Pepsi variety that's that's about it what about you two uh i don't know about you guys but i don't partake in uh beverages uh, okay so you, my you, moisture you, from you, the air. you don't drink okay so you're kind of like a character from dune cool yeah yeah i uh i just i reabsorb my own moisture off of my skin yeah disgusting what about you frank <laughs> oh, well yeah. i got rainwater. yeah mm-hmm. uh you know live up on the mountain so we don't we don't get many options up here. It's mm-hmm. either uh, rainwater off a leaf, rainwater mm-hmm. from the dirt, uh, you know. And then there's Fanta, Fanta Cola with a K. <laughs> rainwater or Fanta Cola, those are the only yeah. two options? Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I like to hear it. I'm not a big soda guy, Jarrett. As you know, I, I usually just drink beer. But uh, when I do drink sodas, I'm partial to Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Diet or straight up? Uh, I used to do straight up, but uh, since I don't drink pop that often anymore, I think the straight would probably be a little too sweet for my liking. Have you watched that documentary on Dr. Pepper? No. I, I watched the one on Pib, Mr. Pib, oh, and how he couldn't get his doctorate degree. I oh. <laughs> So, you know. That's, that's really, Anyways, that's really sad. So, yep. I just want to say, so we got a great comment on YouTube from uh, JG on our uh, Adventures of Antoine Donnell episode, part one. Oh God, we I were d- nice to those movies. I don't want to sound rude or like an asshole, but the guy who hates the four hundred blows has the worst take on that film I've ever seen. He can't see it. It's an audio. This is uh, podcast. Yeah, false, yeah, false premise dismissed. I I, I laughed. <laughs> it's is like, that, was it's, that it? That's it. Just you have the RJ. You have the worst take he's ever seen on Four Hundred Blows. That's the movie that like people get. They're so mad. They to this day. When was the last mm-hmm. time you? And, you know, hey, guess what? I don't know if we had like annoying podcast sound effects. It's our fourth year anniversary. Do 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 do. Four years, and four hundred blows is still the movie that like that. Oh man, people just get they really get mad about that one. They don't like it. They don't like you. Don't like it, RJ. What's wrong with you? I know, but people are allowed to have like different opinions. It's like if someone loved a movie I didn't like, I wouldn't give a shit. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who gives a shit? Like, yeah, people really get uh, upset about that stuff. Well, at least I know that our um, our loyal listeners out there won't personally attack or uh, go after any of these YouTube commenters, but uh, they offer their emotional positive support to us, right? Yeah. Right, Jared? It's the big, right thing to do. The right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Next up, Jared Berger. Real guy. With a email entitled, Drinking Game. Dear oh, Creeps. God. I don't have much to update you guys on, but I have one important question. I plan on showing my roommates Salo when we all uh, move back in because I'm evil like Jarrett. What are, what are some drinking games to be played during this affair? 
Jared Berger, real person. Oh, real person. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I got a great drinking game to go with Salo, Jared. Here's here's what it is. You turn it on. When the credits are done, you turn it off. You drink a beer, and that's it. That's all. That's oh. it. Yeah, you just have a. You just turn the movie right off and have a beer, and uh, you'll have a good time. Mm-hmm. I think. What about you? Anytime someone goes, what are we watching? Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> Why are we watching this? Mm-hmm. I'd say whenever that cross-eyed guy comes on screen would oh, be yeah. uh, cause for alarm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Have you ever seen that, Frank? Nope. Uh, that's good. Will. You will. Good. You got to watch it. Nuh-uh. No, you don't. I guess the only way I would watch it is is if you guys live streamed it with with oh. RJ's live. Uh, you know. I think due to copyright reasons, if we do a live stream, the camera would have to be on us and not on the thing itself, and we'd be like, "Okay, start the movie now." So you would have to watch it on your own, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, if you skip parts uh, in the edit, supposedly you can get away with it. Maybe. We've never really thought of it. Leaving all the highlights, you know, We're, RJ uh-oh. throwing up, RJ going to the bathroom, RJ uh, just putting the whole bottle down his throat. Just staring at the ceiling for 20 minutes. And then RJ coming forgetting back. how oh. to breathe. I don't, I don't need Salo to uh, forget how to breathe. Andrea frequently comments on my mouth breathing, breathing abilities. <laughs> She's like, why do you breathe like that? And he's like, it's how I breathe. Way to breathe. No breath. You know? All right. Whatever. What What else you got there, Jerry? Fresh from Lithuania, RJ. Whoa. George Hoffminer, our Lithuanian friend? Exactly. Wishing us a happy anniversary. (laughs) Hey, guys and Frank. First of all, congratulations on four years. This year's celebratory viewing proposals are four weddings and a funeral, Mishima, and four lions as you guessed wow. correctly i will hopefully be getting to see tenant quite soon they've pushed it forwards a couple of times but now the 26th seems to be set by that time masks mm. might be mandatory since the rules are getting a bit more strict around here again that will be a new experience for someone who is not a trekkie but is trek curious <laughs> is there any value in watching single high-rated episodes of tng or is it more of an all-or-nothing deal because all is probably not gonna happen Finally, I have a question for other mm. listeners. When where, when were the boys in the wrong about your favorite movies? For me, <laughs> it's the lukewarm attitude towards Cinema Paradiso. That movie is in my top ten of all time and is definitely not a two-and-a-half-star movie. Have a good one, George. Have I seen Cinema Paradiso? You have not. That is me. Oh, okay. That is me. So why do you hate his favorite movie, Jared? What? I don't hate it. <laughs> I just was like, I don't know. It feels like uh, an Oscar, like just like an Oscar movie. I I mm-hmm. don't know it. Considering its reputation, I was kind of like, man, that this is it, huh? I don't know. It, it didn't it didn't do much for me, but a lot mm-hmm. of people do like that movie a lot. Uh, yes, watching movies with a mask on in a theater. How appealing is that to you, RJ? Are you? Are, I mean, you're a you're a Nolan head, right? You're you're uh, are you really Nolanite? A Nolanite, Nolanian. So mm-hmm. I mean. Are you going to mask up and go see Tenet with like 35% full theater? Dude, I've been masking up since before COVID. But, but will thing. you go to a theater with strangers uh, for two and a half hours? 
I don't know. So like, it depends on how spaced out the theater is. I'd maybe be fine. I think I, I don't know if I have mentioned before, but like wearing a mask is nothing to me. Cause like when I was working in the lab, I would wear a mask for like yeah. eight hours a day. I, I've been wearing a mask all summer. Uh, yeah. So, and, it, and I don't, it doesn't even phase me. I think like the yeah. most inconvenient thing is like, I'm starting to get like acne, uh, in weird spots on my face. Oh, yeah. And it's like, ah, yep. that sucks. But, uh, other than that, there's like this bullshit of like your breathing <laughs> being impacted. It's like, this is, mm. this is stupid, but hey, maybe you eat too many chocolate bars or you just don't wash your face. All right. Charge. <laughs> Do you remember that commercial? No, I know you've talked about it before. The other, not not George Holsheimer, but uh, George Saint Pierre, uh, Frank. Are yep. if if you had the opportunity to see uh, Tenet in theater, but you had to wear a mask, how are you feeling about that? Jared, I always wear a mask. Oh, are you? My face is the mask that I wear before society. Oh, I see. That's what. There you go. That should be. See, maybe that's like where. Uh, the public health officials are like they should be going for, toward the the edge lord reddit poster <laughs> and mm. they, they should be aiming toward that and be like speaking to them because right now those are the people who are like anti-masks talking about their individuality and be like well no folks you're just you're wearing a mask all the time i don't know yeah. if like either of you are familiar with the um brian k vaughn comic with that marcos martin drew called private eye did either of you ever yeah. hear of this? Yep. So, which like had this like idea that is like kind of weirdly relevant in some ways. Mm-hmm. Where what happens is the like the 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 cloud is completely hacked and everyone's information everywhere is just exposed completely around the world. And so because everyone's identities have to like restart, everyone starts wearing masks. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I've like it's popped in my head a few times. Nobody talks about this comic whatsoever, but. Uh, I'm glad I'm I'm glad you guys are doing the right thing tonight though, you know. You know, keeping 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 clean, keeping uh nice and scented. What do you mean, Jer? <laughs> I'm just saying it's, I know it's happening. It's all good. Okay. So anyway, okay. uh Star Trek. Trek Trek Curious. Before, RJ. So wait, before before that I was going to say you you mentioned Private Eye. I think you should watch that Watchmen TV show because there's a lot of overlap between masks but, and things like that. But but it's, but, now, it's, but it's the cops, right? Yeah, what but about, I mean that's what about, relevant. What about the civilians, too. though? Uh, I don't know. There's I mean, a lot of people that come into the store nowadays and they make these comments, but oh, it looks like you're robbing the place. <laughs> and I go, yeah, yeah. But at least it's better than working hard or hardly working. <laughs> I don't know. I like that one. It hasn't worn off. It hasn't worn as much as that one. It's all about protection, Jared. I think everyone should wear masks, and I don't know, maybe maybe people should be putting condoms on before they leave the house too, just just in case, just in case, Jared. Uh, RJ, as the yeah. uh, as becoming a professional Trekkie, mm-hmm. uh, what, what would you say? Can you watch Star Trek and just appreciate it on highly rated episodes alone? So here's the thing. I think that there are certain episodes that have more significance if you have been on board the whole time. That said, I don't actually think it's necessary to do that. I think you can pick and choose yeah. a few thing, a few episodes. So like I would I would say if he is uh, by curious to the Star Treks, uh, what I would do is even though I've been cataloging them, I have all these notes. So when I finish season seven in like two weeks, I will um, 
I will put my notes on Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. And then uh, you can see all my four star episodes. I think the four star ones are the, the must watches. And then if you like even those ones, then you could watch the three stars also. But uh, my star ratings are probably maybe not the most reliable, but they're reliable to me. Right, Jer? That sounds. Well, well, I mean, you could probably even go to, down to three stars. Yeah, yeah, because there's not even content. that many three stars. You skip those one and twos. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think that's uh, definitely the way to go. Frank, are you going to start watching Star Trek soon? No one can make me. Why why, why, why mm. I'm not I don't we don't want to make you watch it. We're it's like would Double you but, but but has RJ convinced you that this is a good idea? No. <laughs> mission like, don't a, you, mission accomplished. But don't maybe, you think that maybe, it's like awe-inspiring? awe-inspiring no. so perhaps frankly, when frankly yes i'm using my own name in vain here frankly uh-huh i don't i don't like what you guys are doing with with <laughs> my pod man what 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 talking about trek dude stop no i'm i'm almost done you, you are. except for the other four other series the, 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 that i have to watch yeah, yeah except for well, except well, for well, i wish you would be done now man <laughs> It's gonna to be tough. I don't know. Jared demands it, right, Jared? I I de- absolutely demand it. That's true. Jared's more of a threat to you than I am. That's right. Very true. Very true. Mm-hmm. Those uh, dead eyes. So yeah, R uh, J. Frank. So huh? what have what where, what have we gotten wrong about one of your favorite movies? Where do I begin? Where <laughs> do you begin? Well, uh-huh. I mean, we don't know what R J. thinks about Portrait of a Woman on Fire. Um, nor but, will you ever. But I think I feel like that'll come up in a little bit anyway. But uh, yeah, we went some movie off the top of your head. We were like, Jared and RJ, come on, you guys. I think I think I made a question to to the other uh, listeners. This was a while back. Yeah, yeah I feel like it's come up before. But uh-huh. but now you're here. I know. I'm trying to remember what it was that hero, Jarrett. Hero. Hero's okay. Hero's okay. No. It's not, it's not a bad movie. Better than okay, Jared. No. You can't say that. You can't. Is, is that the Jet Li movie? Yeah. Man. You yeah. have a following, and you cannot speak lies to the following. Are you, it's just not fair. Three Stars is good. It's not fair. Three Stars is good. Not fair. Nothing wrong with that. can't say that. Nothing wrong with that. can't say that. It's worth it's a five watch. Star. It's worth a watch. It's... <laughs> What, what do you think's better? What's the better Zhang Yimou uh, movie, Frank Hero, or The Great Wall starring Matt Damon? What is that? <laughs> there you go. Next, you go. next, next up, Samuel uh-huh. Loveland with a, an email entitled "Sam Solidarity." Oh, are we gonna? Uh-oh. Are they gonna have to fight? Well, Sanchez? Well, let's find out. Hi, creeps. I meant to email the past two weeks or so, but I unfortunately wasn't able to get around to it. Forgot. It's great to hear that Sam Sanchez is feeling better, and I eagerly await his status update this week. As a fellow Sam, I think it's crucial to express solidarity when one of us is facing hardship. An attack on one Sam is an attack on all Sams. True. I agree. Anyways, as you can tell from my letterbox, I've suddenly stopped watching movies this past summer. This is because of several things. For one, I was doing the summer semester at my university, and those math and chemistry classes can get pretty dense. Second, Mm. I've also been moving since my family and I were lucky enough to be able to buy a house. That being said, I'm eager to get watching movies again now that I'm more moved in and comfortable. 
I was hoping to hear Jared's thoughts on the house that Jack built this week, but judging by his letterbox, he hasn't been able to get to it. It's a movie that I thought was pretty good when I first saw it, but the more I think about it, the less I like it. And I have a whole Ooh. host of thoughts on it. Oh, well, maybe next time. Looking looking forward to RJ's review of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Have a good show and good luck with the recovery to Sam Sanchez. Sam. Mm. Yep. I think it- Yep, I think we're all wishing Sam well. And, uh, I mean, to avoid confusion, Sam Loveland could be Love Machine. Like Sex Machine from uh, Once Upon... What's that movie? You know, the the Quentin Tarantino vampire movie. From Dusk Till Dawn? From Dusk Till Dawn. You remember Sex Machine in that? Uh, you remember that, Jarrett? Vaguely. With, um, what's his name, Tom Savini? Yeah. It was Bullet Cock. Gun yeah, and he's, he's sex machine, so okay. Sam Loveland could be love machine. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, sorry. I, I still haven't watched The House That Jack Built. I know Justin mm. Peterson will be mad at me, too. They're, everyone's going to be mad at mm-hmm. me. I'm sorry. It just didn't happen. God. Like, God. Why, why do you like to let people down so much, Jer? I, I don't know. I don't know why I enjoy it. I don't know why. It's my, it's, it's my kink. one job. What one job. Record this podcast? Yes, and watch movies. No, 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 no. I'm going to prove that you can do a movie podcast and not watch movies. That's my goal now. Mm, You're wrong. (laughs) Interesting. I absolutely can. I'm going to do it. On a serious note, I did want to mention that uh, I hadn't uh, sent an email in, but but I was, uh, you know, praying for Sam. You know, I'm a a Jesus-loving boy. Oh, boy. uh, Here we go. Praying for Sam. There we go. See, as, mu- as much as this podcast is about Jarrett trying to educate me on film, it's me trying to save his immortal soul from exactly. damnation because uh, exactly. he is a sinner. I sent I sent him something this week that was, you know, and, uh, it was uh, I was reaching out to him. Yeah, you really whatever, whatever that was, you really sold me on it. You know, I was like, I don't the think the loss of pastor. Yeah, I, I come don't, to Jesus, Jarrett. Yeah, yeah. The loss of pastor, and then, and then you followed that up with like a penis. <laughs> There's a penis what? there. Can't, you, you're gonna need you to get more info. You can't make things up now, no. man. No. I am, I am, I am, I'm in love with Jesus, and I'm not allowed to to look at <laughs> no. any other penises. Okay, okay. Sounds good to me. Sounds, sounds fine by me. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Do we address everything in Sam Sam one? Uh-huh. Uh, I I think so. Yeah. Well, hey, congratulations hey. on the family house. How yeah, houses are cool. Next up, guys, Sam Sanchez. Holy shit. All clear. Hey, again. So an update for me. I'm cleared as of Friday last week. Got tested and came back negative and was finally able to be around other people for the first time in roughly 15 days. So I've been trying to get back to normal life the past five days or so. Now I began working from home, so I'll see how that goes. Uh, it's weird. He doesn't make any mention about like his doctor saying anything about like, oh, there were so many prayers headed your way from podcastians that you healed. It's weird. It's, it's, it, it, that doesn't go to the doctors. That's a common mistake. Registered nurses get that information, oh, okay. and they're the so, ones who transcribe yeah, it. Well, yeah, you have to check the charts on that from the CDC. 
And yeah. to address my watch of The Godfather 2, that was not an mm-hmm. oversight. It was the very first time I'd ever seen Part 2. I've always set it aside wow. and put it off forever, even though it was probably my biggest blind spot. I always felt like I had to rewatch the first Godfather before watching Part 2, so set, setting aside six hours just kept causing me to put it off longer. Being isolated mm-hmm. finally nudged that along to finally knock it off the list. All right, guys, nothing else today. And excited to hear Mr. Frank Santoro Sanchez Solano yeah. on the show. That's like that name's getting longer it, it, every day, Mister F's. See, you, you guys, I haven't, I haven't uh, revealed this yet, but there are different uh, fractions of of my personality that uh, have yet to produce themselves on this show. So uh, maybe one day uh, I'll let them out of their cages. But for now, Santoro, Sanchez, mm. they're, they're they're locked up for. For, you know, for quite Sound, a bit. Sounds like an M. Night Shyamalan movie, Frank. Oh. You, <laughs> you got a lot going on there. You could probably talk to him. I think he's, like, he's available. He's not doing yeah, much, that, right, that, that movie is recognized as as the perfect example of, of dis, was it disassociative disorder? Identity <laughs> disorder? Allegedly. Yeah. I've yeah. heard that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you're going to get R.J. mad. He's gonna, it's he's, not he's, a real he's, thing, he's, Frank. He's going to talk it's... about how he knows everything because he's, he's got a bachelor's degree. Hey, not just one. I have two <laughs> bachelor's degrees, baby. And a, and a master's on top of that. Ooh, baby. People don't know but, it, but uh, I'm, I'm the Buster Bluth of uh, racking up degrees. Uh, 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 there was a, a fellow in the store today talking about herd immunity and that he doesn't need to wear a mask because uh, his doctor said. And I went, yeah, okay. <laughs> his doctor just doesn't want to keep seeing him. That's all. Well, you know, get rid of him once and for all. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, I've heard some some questionable things come from all sorts of people who say they're doctors. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a doctor. They, they hear what they want to hear, man. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But Jared, you see that you see what the power of prayer can do for Sam. You see what it did for <sighs> Sam. I mean, I have no evidence to the contrary. So I there guess there is all <laughs> exactly, exactly. There is only evidence. I exactly. I, right. Yeah. The power, the power of God and science, man. Oh man, just gotta believe. Together. No oh, oh boy. Unstoppable. This but hey, I'm glad Sam's doing good. Good. Good to hear. But how do you do? You want to hear about how Jackson's doing? Actium Jackson Maximus. Mm-hmm. What do you think he's up to? With an email entitled, entitled, entitled. Sure. B with the capital like letter B, like from Breaking. Yeah. B Egotten. It's so fancy. Oh. It's a very fancy little thing. I see. Hey, creeps. So I took Jarrett's challenge and watched Begotten. And while I did qu- enjoy it quite a bit more than you did, I still feel that to balance this viewing, you watch Le Revelateur, directed by Philip Garrel. It takes this impressionistic black and white vignettes approach and makes it more fluid and sharp. Think the more surreal abstract elements in Eraserhead. It'd be a nice 65-minute mm. break from painting miniatures, which I support, unlike your co-host. Aha! Aha! Oh, I, go- I found one! I found one, RJ! <laughs> Wow, this is shocking! Shocking. I have never said anything uh, outland, like un, uncouth to Jared about his things. It's it's everyone else who says these things, yeah, Jared. Sure, or, or sort of fr- Frank's uh, personalities. And I'm interested in hearing your opinions on it. Heck, RJ should watch it too, as well as Begotten. Oh man, I'd, RJ watching Begotten would be something. I'm curious to hear your thoughts, mm-hmm. criticisms on Begotten as well. I'm sure you've answered this before. Okay, well, we'll talk about Begotten. Yeah, so Begotten is a movie that I, I kind of forgot that I had rated it like 
two stars the last time I watched it until I saw Jackson Logan. I went, oh yeah, what did I rate that? And I gave it two stars and I was like, huh, that that seems lower than expected. But I think it's because like you read Begotten's like description of what Begotten is and it sounds like the coolest shit that's ever existed in this like like metal like fucked up way and I was like it never like I, I want it to be so much cooler than it is because it is a chore to watch that's I think the it's 72 minutes long and I think it's about like four sequences what do you okay, mean let, oh, okay. okay let me let me read how cool this is because I remember there was a VHS tape I rented like years ago and it had a trailer for just begotten on it and mm-hmm. I was like what the fuck is this this looks like the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's very 90s. Okay. You were renting VHSs in 2012? What's that? You said eight years ago you rented No, no, eight, no I think it said ages ago. Oh, or, 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 I thought you said eight years ago. Oh, no, like this is like in the 90s. Yeah, no, this is a while back. <laughs> uh, no, I logged this movie, though, eight years ago, and I, I think I watched like a, a digital copy, if you will, of it, because it's like one of those movies mm-hmm. that like I do, I'm fond of, but I I, I wouldn't recommend it. That might be my, like, that's one thing with my star ratings <laughs> to keep in mind, folks. A lot of this times is like how, like, that five star would be like how much I would recommend a movie. Begotten is a two star movie because I probably wouldn't recommend it, but I 100% would recommend it to Jackson. <laughs> so, but it's like, it, it all depends on the, in general, though, that's kind of, it's aimed at like, that kind of chart but yeah it's not for mm-hmm. everybody it's not for everyone i mean i'd recommend everybody watch happiness obviously right rj Big well one. it's not a movie that i would describe as being a movie of any worth it's an experience so, uh, it's, it is a movie it's, it's, it's beyond a film yeah i understand um, exactly what you mean so let me read a little bit about begotten mm-hmm. inside yeah. a small shack a road figure dubbed god killing himself in the film's credits disembowels himself using a straight razor after Mm. removing some of his internal organs the character dies a woman mother earth emerges from his mutilated remains she brings the corpse to arousal and uses his semen to impregnate herself time passes Mm. and mother earth now visibly pregnant stands beside a coffin containing god's corpse wandering off into a vast and barren landscape mother earth later gives birth to the son of earth a malformed convulsing man he is soon abandoned by his mother who leaves him to his own devices after an untold period of time wandering across the barren landscape the son of earth encounters a group of faceless nomads who seize him by his umbilical cord upon being captured the son of earth begins to vomit organic pieces which the nomads excitedly Mm. accept as gifts they then throw the man into a fire pit where he burns to death son of earth is resurrected by mother earth who comforts her newly reborn offspring before they continue together across the barren landscape the nomads soon return and proceed to attack the son of earth as mother earth stands in a trance-like state turning their attention to her the nomads stalk her to the ground rape her and murder her as her son watches helplessly nearby once the nomads have left a group of robed figures arrive to carry away mother earth's mutilated disemboweled remains the group returns to murder and disembowel her son burying pieces of both mother and son into the crust of the earth as time passes the burial site soon becomes lush with flowers grainy photographs of god killing himself are shown in the final scene mother earth and her son appear in a flashback this time wandering through a forest (laughs) the end 
Uh, uh, is like, that a Darren Aronofsky film? Um, nope, <laughs> it's not. Okay, it, this is like yeah, this movie is like I don't know. It's got a whole like look look at this Wikipedia page. It's longer than most Criterion's. People, mm-hmm. people love it, man. People, people dig this uh, piece of like extreme cult cinema. But it is, um, it's not, yeah, it's not when you just pop on, you know. It's, um, yeah, it's like. <laughs> no thanks. No. I'm good. You're good. Yeah, this is not RJ Cinema. Nah, I'm good. I mean, it. I'm glad you and Jackson like it. Yeah, I like the idea of it more than I think the experience of watching it, mostly because I don't like Coke. Okay, like Coke, like ca- yep. like having a ca- like a can of Coke. Yeah, I heard. Didn't you say once you liked the idea of Coke more than you actually liked Coke? Like maybe I did, but I will. I will uh, endeavor to check out this La Revelateur by uh, Philippe. Mm. I will. Maybe it'll it'll go on the list with. Uh, How's the Jack Bill? <laughs> hey, but he's got another question. I'm sure you've answered this before, mm-hmm. but do you guys have any comics, comics runs that you do enjoy from the big two publishers? Any as of late? Keep up the excellent work. Actium Jackson Maximus. Hmm. RJ, well, do you want to? I don't yeah. know. I mean, I work at a comic book store. Um, mm-hmm. And you think that I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's pretty, it's pretty tough. Last like thing that I remember enjoying reading through, uh, Jason mm-hmm. Aaron Thor, which was uh, definitely yep. my enjoyment of that was increased by the art of Russell Dodderman. If you're talking about like you... su- if you're talking about like superhero comics, where did you get those Thors? Oh, fr- from you, RJ. Oh, interesting, interesting. You, you hear about this? You hear about this Thor? Yeah, you hearing about this Thor? Yeah, that Jason Aaron's Thor was pretty good. No, it was pretty good. Uh, I don't know what do I have that uh, I actually liked. I actually did like some of the New Fifty Two stuff because that's when I was like getting monthly things. You know what's good from the big two is uh, what about Keely Jones Batman? Is that new and relevant? What, what? Keely Jones? Keely Jones? Kelly Keely Jones? Kelly? I, I like to say Keely. Is it is it pronounced Keely or just like saying Keely? I just like saying Keely. Uh, that's cool. That's confusing. Okay. Well, what about Kelly Jones' uh, Batman then, Jared? That's a that's a good one that's from old. the big two, right? That's like old though. That's old stuff. Old, old. I'm trying What's to think wrong of... with old man. Well, nothing. Yeah. I have like I have hundreds of boxes. I'm trying to think of recent things. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of the Garth Ennis Punisher Max series. I think that's one of the oh, best yeah. things that Marvel's published. For mm-hmm. for DC, ever you like that James Tinney in the fourth RJ? No, I do not, not at all. Oh, I see you're you're uh, you got it all wrong, bud. That that stuff. He, if, you, if you like your your Batman '90s Chuck Dixon style, that is the that's the place for you. You want to avoid this Scott Snyder Batman shit. You want to you you got to read some of that James Tinney in the fourth. Who was like he's Scott's little buddy, but it turns out James Tinney he's got a better mm-hmm. handle. He's writing these like these Batman Ninja Turtle comics, talking about like talking to Raphael about his parents being shot. <laughs> Art. <laughs> uh, I just I don't like James Tinney in the fourth. He's too verbose. Like his comics are it's it's eight hundred. He's giving you a bang for your buck. Words of text on a page. Bang I, for your yeah, buck. He's giving you quality. If I'm gonna read a book, I'm gonna read a book. 
You know what I mean, Jer? Oh, is, I'm going to read you, a book. You don't like watching movies with subtitles either? Uh, no. Dad? <laughs> no, I don't. Hey, you know what was a good recent one from the big two, Jer? It was uh, Jeff Lemire's Animal Man. Uh, Remember that? Was that good? Six, seven years the ago. Art, the art was awesome. That Travis, uh, yeah. Travis Foreman art? Oh. That's what was so. That, it was, that, it that was all was, awesome, Jerry. Yeah, was, well, the, the swamp thing was not so good, even though you're, you're. That was Scott Snyder writing it. Yeah, I can't remember who drew it. Like, is it Yannick Paquet or something like that? Yeah, I met that guy once. Paquet, yeah, he's he, French. Yeah, he was uh, in Calgary, and I remember getting something signed by him. He seemed very nice. Yeah, and he was totally French. Totally. Uh, uh, I, just, I don't know about other. I, I, I have to like do these dives and like long box dives. There's so, just too many mm. comics. I'm trying to think of ones. People like really are like they really like Immortal Hulk. That comic is very okay, and I think the fact that it's so popular mm-hmm. speaks to how bad comics are right now. Mm-hmm. I could, oh, I could rant. I could rant. They all want to be TV you shows. Could. They all just want to be TV shows, and it doesn't make any sense. When you're making a comic, there's, all- no, there's no budget. You can do whatever you want. But let's not let's not do things mm-hmm. where people are just sitting around in rooms talking like a Godard movie. Let's not do no. that. Let's not do that. Let's not make comics like that. Let's not make comics like that, please. Well, I I agree with that. What about you, uh, Frank? Um, I know I was just uh, shit talking Scott Snyder Batman. I know you were uh, adapting Court of Owls as audios. Court of Owls is the only Scott Snyder Batman that that I agree with, honestly. <laughs> And if City of Owls ruined it, anyways, so a bunch mm. of undead owl men. No, I don't like that. <laughs> I I like Scott Snyder for a while, um, and then I just kind of stopped. I think I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was All Star Batman, that thing he did with John Romita Jr. or something. I was just like, I'm. Not, I was oh, like, this is the same shit over and over again. Right. I forgot. Yeah. That 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 didn't last very long. No, it was supposed to be ongoing. I think it was canceled after like twelve or fifteen. But I used to like Scott Snyder a lot, and then it was just like lots of people did. I don't know his his game kind of like got tiresome after a while. You're like, eh, whatever. Hmm. I mean, I pick up. I mean, I just buy so much stuff that like I try. I don't. I, I follow the main stuff. Like I've been buying Amazing Spider Man mm-hmm. since like issue. Three hundred and sixty, or three hundred fifty-five, or some of that. I've been buying Amazing Spider-Man since then, and uh, I, I'm pretty like I'm both critical and uncritical of it because I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's a fucking Spider-Man comic. It's not about like reinventing the wheel. And they generally like only put their like they they usually commit to writers like J. Michael Straczynski. They mm-hmm. let him run it with it for uh, quite a long time, and then when it came time to wrap things up they wound up doing like that brand new day thing with like Dan Slott eventually becoming like the main writer. And like, I think like Dan Slott stuff was fine. I remember I read like almost his mm-hmm. entire run over the course of like three weeks when I, I was just buying these mm-hmm. things and I save them up and I read them all the superior Spider-Man stuff. I thought was great. I think that was like actually one of the highlights yep. of Spider-Man for a long time. It had a pretty flat ending, but I think mm-hmm. like, the whole, like I thought he did that really well for superhero stuff. It was really good. And uh, I think the Nick Spencer stuff though is like not very good. And mm. uh, I don't know why, but nothing about it jumps out at me. But again, I, I, I'm along. I'm way behind on that. I think I read the first three issues, and I think issue 45 came out last week. <sighs> yeah. So, I, I mean, my, my interest is like the non-Big Tooth things, I guess. Anything like fanographics or like small publisher stuff. I just got a cool comic in this week called Gut Ghost. 
two T's on that gut. Uh, that comic's mm. gorgeous to look at. It looks real cool. Uh, See, so we got a, a Mike Mignola cover, which was a surprise. Ooh. And uh, I'm going to read that the Tom Scioli uh, Jack Kirby bio book that just came out. Last week, the Simon Hanselman book, um, the new edition of that Seeds and such, or something like that's called. That came out. haven't read that mm. yet. But yeah, Simon Hanselman's gr- pretty great. There's some there's some butts in there, RJ. Sometimes even which pe- kinds? Well, the ones that penises sometimes go into from the looks of uh, a flip through. Your favorite, I understand. It's too it's too advanced for me, bud. Yeah, it's pretty high. It's pretty highfalutin stuff right there. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. So you you just got that Jeff Lem- Lemire, RJ? Pretty much for me, yeah. Okay. But I don't know if Frank had anything else that he wanted to add to that. I know Frank was saying that he's just read some Sandman. Yeah, Sandman's I'm, pretty good. I'm, fairly new to the game so uh, recently i started reading uh sandman and there's a few uh, i don't know if i were to mention the stuff i like stuff like the jeff smith uh shazam monster society of evil i like i like smaller smaller cool. more contained stories uh mm. dr strange dr doom triumph and torment uh, this none no, no, of this is new but i don't know i, I read that recently that's pretty good talk to jared about it a bit it's mm. definitely worth uh, checking out. But, yeah, the new stuff, I'm, I'm not so sure. I've been hearing that this uh, Sandman universe stuff is supposed to be good, but I don't, I don't trust it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, sometimes that stuff reads better. I didn't get it. Yeah, that stuff, I find, it always reads better in collection. And the problem mm-hmm. with that is, like, everyone probably waits for the collection, and then they just don't buy it because there's, like, so many other things to buy in the meantime. But mm-hmm. I guess like this, like the way like Vertigo now, whatever Black Label slash Sandman Universe stuff goes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know some people like we have like you know a handful of subscribers to those, which is pretty typical for Vertigo. But I mean, Vertigo stuff was like down to like I think one or two people at the most. So the Sandman stuff is done relatively okay. But most of the people mm-hmm. who collect it, they only come in like once every six months. So no one's like desperate to read like oh I'm, I need to read part you know chapter five of fifty this week like no one cares that much so that's the mm-hmm. th- th- that readership is well past the idea of a monthly comic book they want graphic novels but that's not the way the industry works as far as like how they aim uh, comic book serialization is still mm-hmm. like they're so hung up on that mm-hmm. alas alas hey we got another email thanks Jackson. Mm-hmm. rob eagle oh flying baby. through the sky so fancy free Hi, creeps, from an, with an email entitled Back in the Slammer. And congratulations Hello. on your fourth anniversary. Oh, no. I don't know. I don't like the way this is sounding so far. You remember mm-hmm. my pals in Italy who run the animal shelter? You'll recall this mm-hmm. came to light the time Jared exposed my shameless shenanigans during the t shirt competition. Anyway, I had some intriguing mm. news today. A couple of weeks ago, my pals who run the shelter accepted three pit bulls. One was adopted. However, the guy who gave them up returned a week later asking for his doggos back. Since they were legal as, legally huh. his, the two remaining dogs were returned to him. Today, to get, today, the guy showed up again with the dogs, insisting the two remaining dogs be taken off his hands yet again because he said he's very ill and can't take care of them. The dogs' names, he said, mm. are Jared and RJ. Yes, these oh. are indeed the two dogs I named after you all those weeks ago mm. who have, after much... T- Toing and froing found themselves once again more behind bars. What we have here Damn. is a cool pause Luke situation. 
or maybe the Paw Shank Redemption? Did you just roll your hmm. eyes at those puns? I'll keep you informed on their progress. <laughs> Meanwhile, congratulations again on your fourth anniversary. How long have I been a listener? And he accompanies this with a still from Jerry Maguire. You had me at silo. Uh, uh, yeah, that's how it goes. Uh, but it uh, it's hard to hear, Jarrett. Uh, you never want... Uh, oh, not our, our namesakes. Well, I mean, I, I don't want any doggos to be put into uh, compromising situations. But I guess, you know... The one thing is, if maybe the guy made the right call, he's like, "I'm not, uh, I'm not adequate to provide what these guys need, and maybe I'll uh, try to help get them to someone who can." So, you know, if Rob sends me a link, I'll, uh, I'll share it too. But um, we don't have a, I don't think we have a lot of followers from Italy, so we actually we have know. we have a lot of uh, Italian sounding names of people who follow us on the Instagram. It's almost like, huh, for considering yeah, there's how one dude who comments d- 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 a lot. D- depending, just, I mean, do they listen to the show? Do they hear how uh, uh, RJ's anti-Italian sentiment that just bleeds through every every minute? It's like, man, maybe they they really are a self-loathing people. Hey, it's not just me. I'm pretty sure everyone's figured it out by now. Criterion hates Italy. Italian directors Italy. It's them. They're the ones doing it. It's not me, buddy. I love pasta. <laughs> some of my best friends are right? pasta some of my best friends are pasta you ever you ever seen you hearing this Jarrett? no seeing this yeah yep wow that's uh it's too bad we'll see what we can do hey jer well i mean frank don't go fly over there and like release these animals okay <laughs> i know i know you're fond you're of like True. doing these things through your various personalities finally no, though no Finally, last email mm. from Justin Peterson. Oh, baby. Creeps Nation Assemble. Hey, Jared, <sighs> RJ, and Frank, what's happening? Mm-hmm. As all the fantastic Criterion Creeps Nation memes continue to pile in, I was very pleased to see that I got to be Big Lebowski Thor in the Endgame one. Also, the one with mm-hmm. Monster Jared and Linda Cardellini was superb. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a, that's a Frank Santoro original. I, that I, was I, actually... Yeah. That that was one of my favorites too lately. That one made me genuinely laugh quite a bit. <laughs> See, I, I, I peaked. <laughs> well, what was your opinion of that, Jer? Uh, I was just like, yeah, Linda Cardellini's hot. <laughs> what what what's like, what, 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 what? You shouldn't have said that, Jarrett. You can't, <laughs> no, I can't, can't say anything. I, I can't, you can't. It's like somebody at the store today was like something, something along the long. Who was that? Some long lines of like, oh, Margot Robbie. I mean, I don't know. She's okay or something like that. I was like, what? <laughs> what a strange opinion. Like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, you can't, can't, you, can't, can't you say it's like, yeah, some, some, on some your people, podcast. Some people, yeah, I don't know. Goat mm-hmm. movie question of the week. This has been a long time coming for RJ. What would you guys say are the greatest uh, performances from America's sweetheart, John Goodman? Other than Roseanne? For me, it would have to be the Big Lebowski, right? Jert, could you deliver the following classic quote? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, well, I mean, it depends what RJ says. What do you? What does what it depend on me for? It's whatever you say next. I can't. I can't just summon this this line reading of uh, Walter Sobchak to Donnie. Uh what? <laughs> What's happening? 
Is this something about Shomer Shabbos? What's going on over there? <laughs> Shomer fucking Shabbos? Is that what you're talking about, or is it something else? You're like a child who wanders into the middle of a movie. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. What's your John Goodman pick? Me? Yeah. Uh, I know Big Lebowski would seem like the, the best one, Jarrett. I know you're probably going to say Barton Fink, but what if I surprised everyone and said arachnophobia? Really? You ever seen that movie, Jarrett? Yeah, kind of once on TV. He's I... pretty good in arachnophobia. Okay. But uh, you know what he's actually very good in is in Monsters, Inc., Yes, an animated. I, I film. think I think I've heard that before. I think I've heard that before. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. I find he's like, what's he? Is he best at like being a dad, uh, the intimidating heavy in a movie, mm. or something more serious? Or how about uh, Fred Flintstone? Remember that? Remember what, that? Remember I do. One? Yeah. What about King Ralph? Ugh, no. What do you got against King a, Ralph? A car in Cars, because that, that's my pick. Okay. Two thousand six. Pixar cars. That's right. a good one. Uh, let, me just, good one. let me just get this sorted here. Uh, no, I, I kind of hate how he's like, a, like kind of like the authoritative character now. When he shows up in like Argo or that Red, Red State, State movie. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that mm-hmm. that line. I mean, like Big Lebowski, like the Walter Sobchak character is pretty amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's the... I mean, Barton Fink, though, him uh, getting down on po- him posting on all fours, looking over his shoulder and telling John Turturro to come on, come on. Uh, I, come I, I, will, on. I never will not think of that. that that's uh, that's amazing. And talking about showing mm-hmm. showing you the light of the mind. That's, it's, <laughs> it's, it says it all. It says it all. Matinee, though, I remember as a kid. And then, I mean, Roseanne, the, you know, Dan. I mean, what a fine piece of work that is. That is my genuine answer. Is uh, he, Roseanne is just Dan Arnold. He, he's pretty terrific. What's, 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 their, what's their last name in the show? I'm blinking out. It's not Arnold. The Connors. The Connors. There we go. Dan Chud. Connor. Chud. Dan Connor. Well, John Chud. Chud's a good pick too. Yeah, he he is in Chud for a, a hot minute. Uh, what about Raising Arizona? He's ah, in that movie. He is, but you know, it's it's no, uh, it's not inside Llewellyn Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's not one of his, did, his did finest. Did you say he's inside Llewellyn Davis? He is inside that movie. Oh, and then uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. What when back back when John Terri- Goodman was big man still, before he got all. Fit. He's great in that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, just like us. Fuck, I'm trying to remember. What about true he, stories? He's in Hudsucker Proxy. Allegedly. Who the hell is he in that? I don't. I don't even remember him in Hudsucker Proxy. Hmm. one of the standby Cohen's yeah there you go there's some answers right I think he's just great in everything and everything oh yeah I'm bringing out the dead yeah. a, a, mm-hmm. a great a, a great one of the great unseen Scorsese movies mm-hmm. 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 also the Emperor's New Groove and why not also throw in the Flintstones see Justin's on it yeah he's on both he yeah see both. those he, are Yep, Emperor's New Groove is great. Uh, We're back, the dinosaurs movie. I love that movie. He's he's wicked good in that too. He's good in animated movies, Jerry. Very good. Finally, isn't it nice when people agree with your awesome taste in movies? Let's turn to Letterbox once uh, again and search what the highest average rating is on your four star movies. Note, not the film mm-hmm. popularity option. 
Oh, highest rating. Highest average rating, yes. So we've been doing it wrong the whole time? Well, now we have clarity one way or another. Let's take okay. a look. It's in a book. Uh, I got Akiru, Tokyo Story, In the Mood for Love, Paths of Glory, Latrao, or Debt, Do the Right Thing, Seven, Force, on B. Let's go with average highest rating. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, mine are Over the Garden Wall. Okay. Stop Making Sense. And all yeah. oh, so close, but uh, baseball, a, uh, a film by Ken Burns. But guess Ken what? Ken Burns is baseball. Yeah, but guess what? Uh, the fourth is. Is it the natural? In the mood for love. Ah, so we both have that up there. Yeah, and uh, with our co-host of that very episode, some some months, ago, some wow. years ago now. <laughs> that's a Two that's minutes. a five star movie. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. <laughs> Hey, I don't rate stuff anymore, Frank, just for uh, these very reasons. It's, uh, it's too come, problematic. It, it, it comes back on us. Yeah, it comes back yeah. on you uh, in all sorts of ways. You guys aren't allowed opinions, man. This not I know. How it works here. It's we know. We're aware. <laughs> yeah. I like what, that. Do you, you got your list? Can you get it to it, Frank? My list? Yeah. What, what are your... Uh... The highest average rated four star movies that people agree with you on. Hmm. Let's see. Thanks for the time, Jensen. Have a great show. Cheers. Well, thank you, Justin. Mm-hmm. And I, I picked him as the Thor, Jared, because uh, he I saw him wearing a Viking helmet at one time. There you go. But also that meme, I was just I was just plunking in all the names, and they were just popping up all over the place. So there wasn't. A super rhyme or reason to it it just kind of happened mm-hmm. so yeah. my four stars yeah your highest uh-huh. your the uh, highest average rated four star movies okay yeah so i have parasite here at mm-hmm. one let me see the good the bad and the ugly okay paths of glory same and do the right thing same yeah those all the four wow well, those are only four star movies but i have to i have to rewatch mm-hmm. the movies okay. do the right thing is one I need, I need to go back and see yeah parasite can wait <laughs> <laughs> well you heard it here last week green book is better than parasite uh quote <sighs> Jared no, no 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 <laughs> believe is what he said nope didn't say that to the surprise of everyone yeah. all over. <laughs> Terrific. Hey, RJ. Yo. What you been creeping on this week? Fuck. Movies, I guess. Cool. You want to hear about a movie, Jared? I'd love to hear about a movie. Because I didn't watch any, any movies. Movie? Nope. Well, I'll tell you about a couple. How many movies do you got over there, Frank, that you would like to discuss? I've got a few. Eh, not too many. I don't know if uh, you know fellow followers on Letterbox noticed. Uh, it's it's been a while since <laughs> I yeah you've really I cut down. The, you see, so I I go through these phases. I'm not sure. It, it's always me entirely in control. You know, sometimes it's Santoro. Holy crap! You have, you had you really mm-hmm. didn't watch any movies for a long time. 
Good yeah. God. I, I, I didn't actually realize how much of a gap there was between uh, last year at Marion Bad and Portrait of a Lady on Fire. You see, something something just uh, it, it snapped around last year at Marion Bad. I just uh, I couldn't take it. I couldn't sit down and watch anything, man. It happens. You know, I lost yeah. I lost something precious, and I had to go find it, reclaim it. Damn. Damn, it happens, dude. That's what's going on with Jared, too, but for other reasons. All right, <laughs> well, my, since... my reasons are deep, whereas Jared's are superficial. Well, I mean, hey, just, you, ever, you ever seen a, I mean, you, ever, you, ever, you ever seen a, uh, a a Death Guard Plague Marine? You know, you have. Wow, this huge Frank. Did you, you see that? You see that? I, 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 no. Oh, sorry. I close I mean, my eyes. Close I got my you. Eyes. I got you. All right. Well, it, it seems as that's the case, I'll tell you about some movies. You, you, you guys. Please do. Jerry, you ever heard of the last black man in San Francisco? I have seen the poster. Yes. So this is a movie from a dude named Joe <laughs> Talbot and his buddy named Jimmy Fails, who plays himself in the movie. It's their first movie. And uh, Andrea looked into it. Apparently, this movie was funded by Kickstarter from the help of Mr. Danny Glover, who was also in the movie because he read the script and he liked it or something. And he helped him kind of get some traction. So uh, this is a movie I watched uh, from the... Uh, not suggestion, but uh, that big sugary bastard, Reese Haxel. I saw he logged it a couple times, five stars, uh, more than once, I believe. So I was like, well, must be a pretty hot film. Uh, it was on that crave, so I threw it on. Uh, this movie, Jared, is about uh, a man in San Francisco who's obsessed with a house because it was the house his grandfather built a hundred years ago, but uh. He doesn't live there anymore because his dad was a addict and lost the house and they had to leave. And now he's grown up and he he wants it back. But he's not like not in a weird way or anything. He just has he has a lot of pride that his grandfather built the house and he doesn't like that. The current owners aren't treating it well. So he goes back and he paints the house and he does the gardening and the weeds and he takes care of things just because he's. He, he he likes the house, you know, Jared, and he wants to see it in its best shape and form. The people who live there, they don't like it too much. But, uh, you know, what are they going to do? Uh, so this guy, he's got a best friend, and that guy is a screenwriter. Um, he has – he's actually the dude who's going to be in that uh, Lovecraft County uh, show oh. coming out soon. It looks like he's in a lot of stuff, but I this is the – well, apparently he was in Hostiles and Captive oh. State. This is the only thing I remember so, seeing him in. Uh, speaking of uh, that Lovecraft country, guess, guess who's on Crave yep. now, RJ? Who's that? J-Dog. You, you're you on to the Crave? I'm on to the Crave. For that Lovecraft uh, country? Just, just, just in general. My parents wanted almost... it, so I was like, fine. Yeah. Well, you can have uh, two or three profiles on there. But here's, here's a big kicker, Jarrett. Max screening, uh, you can only have two screens on at a time, even with multiple profiles. So just Ooh. just so you know, just so you know, bud. I, 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 um, I do, I'm fine. I'll be good. Okay. Well, you can watch The Last Black Man in, uh, in San Francisco. So anyways, this guy loves his house. His buddy is a, uh, he's like a screenwriter. Um, and it's just kind of chronicles their day, their day to day. They walk around. There's some other 
kids that they know that were like in foster homes with them and stuff like that. And the movie's about, I don't know. Andrea kind of said some stuff that I thought made a lot of sense. I don't want to try to repeat it because I'll sound dumb, but it was about, you know, the possessions people have and the things that you think you have ownership of, but then you don't. And uh, I think this movie is topical for many reasons, I guess, in the States and certain things that are going on there. Uh, So there's some stuff like that. Um, This movie, Jared, is very good. Ooh. I hit it with uh, the heart like. Oh, I don't do Star man, a heart. <laughs> I hit it with the heart like because uh, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, this is a good movie. Uh, huh. I actually liked it quite a bit. It's about grief and loss, Jared. Oh, no. It's about male bonding. Oh, fuck. That's all, the, only, the only type of bonding. The only, the, what? Okay, there. that's the explanation. Not in real life, but there is uh, some DVDs of The Patriot that oh. get uh, <laughs> passed around a little bit. And, uh, and is it talked so about? Like, oh man, I love Mel Gibson. No. Okay. No, it's not acknowledged. It's just on screen for a second. And I was like, yes. Uh, so here are two things that I really like about this movie, Jared. Number one, the language in this movie I think is really good because it's actually you you know you ever watch a movie and you can just tell that it's like disingenuous the way people talk. You're like someone who writes as a living and wrote this because that's not how people talk you know like it, it just comes off kind of arrogant and pretentious or like i don't know sometimes i'll watch movies and i get really bogged down like uh who's that dude uh is it ty sheridan uh the hell or high water guy when uh because he had that like wind river movie or whatever and the way people were talking i was like people don't talk like this like i don't it's like i don't really like it it's not relatable it's not natural this thing is relatable and natural and i think it's because it's like these two guys the lead character apparently this movie's pretty much based on him and his life like this is what actually happened to him uh so i like the way they talk but secondly jared this movie is big skater boy skater freaks uh there's a lot of skateboarding uh they even these dudes double on a skateboard and it is nuts i i mean i know i'm not very good uh but like the way that they're in sync on the skateboard, I've never seen shit like this before. It was it was unbelievable. It's unbelievable, Frank. Um, so there was a lot of skating, which I liked a lot. But uh, this thing, it's kind of like, I would describe it almost as like a Wes Anderson light. Like it's got some of the some of the touches that Wes Anderson has, but not as much pop, like not as much color. Um, the way that like things are kind of lined up is very similar to his style. But uh it's it's a little different, um, which is good. So uh, this movie is very good, man. This is what, um, you know, like, I don't really care because it doesn't matter. But, like, the things that got – the new movies that got added to Criterion, like um, Marriage Story, uh, I've never even seen that. But, like, I think this thing should have a place there over, like, that kind of stuff maybe, these Netflix movies. But Damn. this thing's good. I liked it quite a bit. I th- I encourage you both to check it out. Unless you've already seen it, Frank. I don't. I don't think so, though, right? It's been on my radar, and I was, before yeah. my my big hiatus, I was I was planning on watching it. So I'll, I'll get to that soon. It's good. I don't want to oversell it to you guys, but uh, I liked oh, it. It's already over. I mean, that heart, that letterbox heart, I think uh, says it all. <laughs> it says it all. You're, it's, you're, uh, you're pretty stingy with those. I am stingy with those. I am. Or it's, maybe, uh, or maybe, movies should be better. 
maybe movies should be better. I don't know. I think what it is, Jared, as you pointed out, the only kind of bonding, this movie really strikes my chords because it's got male bonding and it's about grief and loss, which are my big, uh, my big target areas. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? I, I, I know what you mean. So, uh, it's good, good stuff. Uh, speaking about male bonding, Jared, you ever seen the natural? Uh, nope. I have, like, a scummy DVD of this I got from uh, a pawn shop that I've never watched. You've uh, actually never seen it? Nope. Oh, shit. All right. I wasn't actually going to talk about The Natural that much, but uh, I watched it for uh, Wilford Brimley. R.I.P. Yeah, because you were... This is uh, your dad wave, Jarrett. Uh, And I think if you've seen that Simpsons episode with Wonder Boy uh, and the baseball team, which I know we've talked about, uh, I think that's better than the natural. Natural's kind of a weird movie, man. Uh, I'm sh- I don't know how much you know about it, but like I know it's about baseball. It's about baseball, and Robert Redford was like he was an up and comer, but he got injured, and then he couldn't play, and then he comes back when he's like forty, uh, and then he's just like really good and stuff like that. He's a natural. But this movie's he's a natural. It's kind of you know what it reminded me of was the Tin Drum a little bit. Uh, Ooh. So like what did what did you call it? like that surreal uh, mag- magic realism? Magic realism. This movie's got a lot of that, and it's not even the baseball bat that's made out of lightning. Like that's not even a big issue for it. Uh, there's like he's like a baseball werewolf. He gets shot, and then like years later, they pull the silver bullet out of his stomach, and it's like it, it, he's baseball like baseball werewolf. He's a baseball. Man, you, you gotta pitch, you gotta pitch that idea to Image Comics baseball werewolf yeah i could do that i could do that easily easily there's a there's a lot of stuff like that in it though like he gets a girlfriend and then it throws off his game because like she's tainting his talent or something like that but she's also evil so it's like she's like his talent (laughs) yes literally uh and she's being operated by a guy with a googly eye who can x-ray see through people like these are all real things in this movie which i'm assuming was probably nominated for best picture it just seems like that type you know jer mm-hmm. anyways the natural is a weird fucking movie it's fine it's got like it's it fits in that realm of inspirational sports movies but uh i'd 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 probably rather go with a um a radio or uh remember the titans instead of this one if you know what I mean, I I, I feel you. It's not gonna. It's not on your. Uh, you're not on your top ten sports movie list. Is what you're saying? No, no, nothing like that. But so this is what I'll let you uh, let you guys kind of decide here. I also finished. Uh, I'll be gone in the dark, but I could save that for next week if you want, Jared, because I know you're a big serial killer guy. Yeah, yeah talk about that next week. Uh, should I also save Star Trek for next no. week? Or? No, 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 no. All right, no, Frank, no. you're getting some Star Trek. Yeah, stuff. you are. We're gonna make because that's all I that's all I watched this week, so Be- I have nothing else to hey, talk about. Beam me up, RJ. Oh right up. Are you ready, Frank? I know you're a big Trek head. Are you going to take uh, this voyage? <laughs> he, he's got no choice. He's, yeah, he he he's, bought the ticket. You're taking he, the ride. That's right, exactly. Change, but I'll go, I guess. So here is the second half of season six, Jared, because it's just that easy. Yeah, you know what, folks? RJ revealed to me that he watched up to episode 20 for last week, but he wanted to save it to pace himself. So uh-huh. that, I, think that, I, I, th- I, th- I think something's wrong with him, is what I'm saying. 
Dude, it's just that easy. It's just that easy. They're 40-minute episodes. You just crank through these things. Wow. All right. So uh, season six, uh, 614, Romulans, am I right? Two out of four stars. Two out of four. Very typical. Typical Romulan stuff. Actually, I should pull up the thing here. It was actually, it was a good episode. I think Deanna Troy wakes up and she is Romulan. Oh. And she's got to do uh, do some stuff that, that way. It was fine, but like, it's it's just Romulan stuff. It's yeah. always just Romulan stuff, you know? You know? You know. Sure. So um, that was 14. Uh, 615, Teenage Picard plays Billiards, Bumper Pool. Two out of four stars. Mm-hmm. So he goes back in time to uh, Q takes him back. It's like, you want to see what life could have been like? And he's like, I guess. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, 616, Jared. Do Data dream of Worf's dad? Three out of four stars. This is a good episode. This one is uh, Data unlocks the dream achievement where he can now dream. And you get some terrific or Worf goes in looking for his dad. This was a part one episode called uh, Birthright. Okay. Six six seventeen is part two. Uh, Valley of the Wharfs with a skinned goat. Two out of four stars. Huh. There's a skinned goat in this episode, and I was like, whoa. That's weird. All right. Uh, I know, Frank, you're super into this, and I'm going to give you the give it the attention it deserves. 618, Die Hard Picard. Oh, yeah. Three out of four stars, Jerry. Yep, yep. I didn't want to spoil it because there's a couple uh-huh. of uh, movie trope uh, genre exercises coming up in Star Trek, and one of those was like the Die Hard episode with Picard. Yeah. Die Hard Picard. It's actually it's not bad. Like it's it's a pretty decent episode. I liked it. Mm-hmm. He's you got like, a, like, like him going a through like the yeah. He's sneaking around in the like I don't know the the crawl Jefferson spaces. Tubes? Jefferson tubes, and he's like yeah yeah. yeah. It's cool stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. Okay, season, uh, 619, season 6, a.k.a. Picard Fox, because this season is all about Picard boning down. Uh, this is also Picard Fox to Beethoven, three out of four stars to it. Okay. So this has some of the flute stuff come up again, and I actually, I got to say, this episode made me appreciate that flute episode a little bit more, where it's, uh, I know you were saying that was this big thing, and it's like, this is where he falls in love with a geologist or some shit. Yep. It was a good episode because she's going to die. And he's like, he's like, well, that's why you don't have girlfriends, I guess. Uh, <laughs> 620, The Origin of Species, three out of four stars. This was a good episode, Jared. Uh, so this one is they kind of they find out uh, why everyone is humanoid, basically. Uh, and it's like an old archaeologist is like, hey, Picard, you got to come see this stuff. It's pretty good. I liked it. I don't think everyone's going to like that one as much as I did, but it was good. Okay, here's some we can blow through. 621. Riker, uh, thespian brainwash, two out of four stars. Uh-huh. He gets brainwashed into thinking he's like uh, an insane person, and it's not a bad episode. But uh, Oh, God. that episode, See, that episode comes way later than I thought. Yeah, it's got a high rating, too, so people must really like it, but huh. I don't like that brainwash stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, 622, the Bev show, two out of four stars. This is all about Beverly trying to do some stuff and I don't know, whatever. Uh, 623. This isn't, this isn't the ghost episode though. 
No, this one's about oh, like warp fuck. drive or like oh, ships shit. that can go into the sun. Okay, yeah, you wait. There's there's a Bev Crusher episode coming up that oh, with that's ghosts. A, that's season seven. Okay. Yeah, it, you'll. I don't all, think I've seen that yet. No, you you would know exactly what I'm talking about. We'll talk about it when we get there, when when you get there in the next two okay. weeks. Yeah, I will. Uh, okay, I just have a few more. Six twenty three. Where's your Klingon Messiah now? Two out of four stars. This is where they resurrect a Klingon god. Ah. Uh. It's fine. Um, 624, Riker. Thomas Riker. Oh. Two out of four stars. <laughs> so you get Thomas Riker, which is like, it's a good idea. Again, the, like uh, this is way later than I thought it was going to be. It's end of season six, man. Yeah, no, I thought this was like, that happened like earlier than season six. No, like, no, like no, in, my, in my memory, those seem like these Riker intense episodes feel like they should be from like season four or something like that. Yeah, they it's it's got that vibe. It's a it's an OK episode, but uh, 625 clock stoppers slash salad finger Picard four out of four stars. What? What's this episode? It's, uh, it's like they're frozen in time. And they're they're watching the Enterprise getting blown up, and then uh, Picard, Data, Jordy, and Deanna Troy teleport over, and time is frozen. But when they touch stuff that's out of time, and there's a scene where Picard gets like really long fingernails. Oh, it was good. Okay, it was good. Okay, last one. Six twenty six. OMG, Stephen Hawking. Three uh-huh. out of four stars. Yep. Playing so big poker. Stephen Hawking's. In- Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. This is a Borg episode, and it's a it's a cliffhanger. This is where you uh, the Borg are now individuals, yes. which is okay. You know, right? It's okay. Anyways, that's all I watch. So uh, whatever you guys want to talk about. Well, I didn't watch shit, Frank. What what you been creeping on? Why didn't you watch anything, Jared? Because I'm painting miniatures, Frank. No, this dude hasn't watched a movie in like two months. Well, I, I watched my contractually obligated film, and then uh, uh-huh. when the when it strikes me, I'll watch Green Book again. <laughs> that's the world I live. Ah. In. That's the world this, I live in. Cycle, nice. cycle through Green Book well, and and whatever. Movie well, I mean, I I have a little, I have a pile of things I would watch. Yes, like a hundred percent. I got these vinegar syndromes, but every time I'm like, ah, uh, I gotta be in the mood. I haven't been in the mood. After watching like mm-hmm. after like a peak of like what four years ago where I watched like a thousand movies in a single year, I uh, you know mm-hmm. I'm taking it a little easy. I've got a lot of movies, a lot of uh, miles on me just watching movies, and I'm like taking a little bit of a break. I need a you know a rest. You know that's my that's my off season. I guess is what I'm saying. 2020 mm-hmm. is my off season. Maybe he should watch Star Trek. Hey Frank. Oh Frank, you never mentioned. Do you like my data poster? I haven't seen it. I can't. I don't think I can see it from uh, my iPad. Oh, son, they they God. said it was life size. They lied to me. They Thank lied, God. Jarrett. They did. To, to the to this day, I have no idea uh, what any character from Star Trek looks like other than Spock. What about Worf? Nope. With the big no uh, crinkle head. <laughs> no. It's kind of like no, an I inverted butt. You have to remember, yeah. I'm 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 the baby here, man. I, I, I know. Under age, I'm not allowed to watch this stuff late at night. I have a uh, bedtime. 
it's pretty spooky. Well, you're a man. Aren't you a man now? Don't you got like what? What's uh, Star Trek on in the states? Like Hulu or something? CBS? It's on Netflix. Is it Netflix there? Okay. Yeah. There mm-hmm. is, uh, but uh, I don't think they they have Star Trek. And if they did, I, I still no. Well, that's fine. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about what you did watch then? If not Star Trek. Alrighty. Okay, so. Uh, I'm going to start small and, you know, just build up to the the one everybody wants to hear about. Star Trek? No. The natural? You okay, continue, continue the Star Trek talk and, and I'll retract all uh, past support. Okay? I'm not happy. Okay. Not this okay, time. man. We've lost a lot of people along the way, you know? It's... Between meme, meme week and Star Trek and miniatures... <laughs> We're, we're really, we've really, we've really right. gone off the rails. But Oliver couldn't be happier. So at least one person is uh, on no, board you know what? for this. Everyone's a little happy of, with the bad decisions we've made. See, Oliver yeah. isn't that happy. He doesn't like what Jared's been up to, right? No, but the, he he uh, contacted me privately that uh, he is one big Star Trek guy, and he is two. He thinks he said meme week is the best thing we've ever done. So in the four years of us podcasting, apparently meme week is uh, really cracked it for him. Yep. Oh, Dolly. Anyways, what'd you watch, Frank? All right. I'm going to start small then. Uh, the Peanuts movie. Ooh, nice. So this movie from 2015 uh, takes the title characters from, you know, the Peanuts comic strip from the fifties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's it's pretty pretty good. It's pretty good. It's like a little light movie. I see a lot of people don't like this movie, like they should. Oh look! Uh, speaking of all Oliver Granger. Uh oh. Smash the TV. Three stars on good old Peanuts movie. Ooh. Do you think it's the animation style or uh, what do you think it know. is? I don't know. Cause this movie in in. In my eyes, this is this is a gem. When when most animated movies are, are trash, like, <laughs> I, there's no light words. I wanted to be nice. Okay. No, they're trash. Mm-hmm. The same year, I think we got what Cars two. Yeah, Cars two. Oh, but it's like it, I don't know this the CGI <laughs> thing. I don't know. Hey, you gotta be careful no, talking I, about Cars. Cars three is Justin Peterson's favorite movie. I think. This. Or something like that. Justin, I'm not coming for Cars Three. I promise. Okay. I haven't even seen mm-hmm. it. <laughs> no, but uh, I think like Peanuts movie. I think what really, what really gets me, I think, is mostly how much my mom loves it, because <laughs> she grew up watching the the, the Peanuts cartoons on, on TV here in Costa Rica. It's one of the the only things she could actually watch here. Like mm-hmm. that was meant for kids. Uh, back in back in the 80s. So she used to watch stuff like uh, was it Astro Boy, the the '80s cartoon, and uh, what's that show called? Oh, the Haiti, and, like those '80s animes. They used to cross over here in Latin America, uh, and for whatever you know, Peanuts being as big as it was, you know, definitely made its way here. So there's something about that movie. It just, even though I know it, it's not maybe entirely in the spirit. Of mm-hmm. the old Peanuts cartoons and you know the, the comic strips, I think it, it, it captures a lot of what my mom loved, and so I think that that passed on over to me. And mm-hmm. so, 
you know, a lot of the, you know, you get you get a lot of the little classic moments, the, the kick the football and the piano and, the, you know, Snoopy licking uh, Lucy and the dog germs and all that. So you get a lot of that, but like the little story it tells, you know, I don't know, there, there's something about it. It's very lighthearted and like very easy to watch. Mm-hmm. I think that it really gets me. Plus, I, I like uh, Snoopy's antics. Like he, he, there's this one part uh, where he's on a on a quest. He's giving himself a quest, and it cuts between what what he's imagining he's doing, and then the reality of what he's actually doing. And it's just him, you know, bumping into a bunch of the other characters from from, uh, you know, the. The, the comic and stuff, all, all the, the classic characters. And <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I, don't, I can't. You guys haven't seen it? Nope. But you should. Well, I, uh, I, th- I think it's on Crave. <laughs> Isn't it, Jared? Even, even if it's not a five-star movie, I think it's easy enough to watch. And it's, you know, here's the thing. It's not offensive. Where a lot of kids' movies nowadays are practically offensive mm. to, to kids and grown-ups alike. There's something about this movie that... It's just so uh, wholesome. I hate that word, but I'll use it here. Wholesome. Problematic. It's on Disney Plus up here, so uh, I can check it out. Maybe I will on your recommendation. It's 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 it was it's nice. <laughs> nice Very <movie>. nice. <laughs> Frank, have you never watched Neon Genesis Evangelion? Whoa. Hold on, because. I'm a, I was actually going to talk about it a bit later. What? <laughs> we'll get okay. to it. We'll get we'll get to talking about it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I just I just saw something because I was like clicking around a little bit, and then I just saw mm. that Oliver Granger gave end of end of Evangelion two and a half stars, and I'm just like, whoa, 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 <laughs> you know. And for some even more overlap, uh, that Sugarhead guy, he uh, he was talking to me about NGE also. Uh, wondering if there's any Gundam Evangelions. And I was like, yeah, there, there was, and we sold them immediately. Well, why didn't you hold on to one? You, got, you snooze, you lose. Damn. Cash, Damn. This, this is a cash in hand business. You got to show up. Dang. What else you got, Frank? Um. Okay. So I watched another movie. Uh, so before I went on my break, I was actually, I realized that I, I, barely had any uh movies uh centered around africa or or made by african directors you know i think it's easy to overlook uh cinema from from you know the smaller countries uh you know and, and since africa is so filled with i think i think that's a big issue obviously anywhere in the world is when people look at africa they see it as a whole and never as their individual parts yeah. right yeah it's like it's a continent parts. right it's, 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 it's yes it's a, yeah well people seem to always kind of like how people think costa rica is part of mexico everything below it's not? Texas is mexico and no no wow this is huge news for me jared <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so um I decided to to try to check out whatever I could get my hands on from African cinema, and I actually got unlucky because my uh, I, I haven't even talked about this. So my 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 Criterion subscription uh, it it you know it, it expired. Mm-hmm. I haven't renewed it. <laughs> haven't gone around to it. 
but before it did expire, I did manage to, to get a few movies in. And mm-hmm. uh, not not enough, maybe. Uh, there's still a lot I want to see. Uh, so this week I decided I was going to watch I Am Not a Witch uh, from 2017 mm. by Rungano Nyoni. I hope that's how you say it. Hey, Ooh, you're, if you, hey! If you're mispronouncing artists. words, you've come to the right podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. But I am the only person who knows how to say Michelangelo Antonioni here. Who Antonioni? That guy? See, RJ said. It, see, that's how. No, that's how you know. RJ got it right. Antonioni. Yeah, he got it right now because he co- he copied what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I've always but, had. No, RJ's that. never gotten it wrong. Ever. Nope. And Never. Panini. Panini. That's, oh, what you know, you That's what you want to call him, Panini, huh? Carbonara. Uh, I mean, uh, I know, uh, I know I've had a Stromboli or two. What about you, Jarrett? Frank, tell us about the movie. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm not a witch. So it, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's a pretty good movie. Um, it's about a little girl who, who kind of stumbles into this village and this this lady just happens to have a, a accident befall her while she's in the vicinity of the girl. And so she takes this as grounds to, to summon, uh, you know, the village and, and accuse the girl of being a witch. And so in, in this specific uh, region, what they do with witches is that they take... They take them kind of to be like a, a workforce and they have them tethered by these long white ropes to a, to the back of a, a, a big truck. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea of them being tethered is so that they can't fly and, and escape and go kill people because, uh, you know, this region is very superstitious. And so the idea of, of, of a little girl being... Uh, tethered and, and being treated as a witch kind of becomes a big uh, kind of a, a, a it's a strange sight for them uh, you know despite them being very superstitious and so it, you kind of follow the girl as, as she she uh, begins to live this part of her life as a so-called witch uh, and how the, the government uh, specifically one agent i guess he he kind of takes advantage of of her and how weird the situation is to kind of uh i guess marketing i don't know it's i don't have the right words for it but he he's basically taking advantage of her of her status And, and so she she basically just uh kind of has to has to learn to fit in with with the witches and and you know roll with the punches as she goes through through this very like trying times and and it's 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 kind of impactful like so so a lot of countries here in in latin america are are similar in 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 the sense that they uphold very old superstitions not not to this point maybe they would still incarcerate someone uh you know for for being called a witch but it's it's kind of sad to think that you know in the world today that sort of thinking still exists, <laughs> uh, yeah. despite that being a very cultural thing. You know, uh, 
it, it, it's problematic, as the old boys would say. Problematic, to say the least. I think mostly just because the, the fact is that it's always women, you know, society and how women are treated. I know these are strong words that RJ will not like to hear. Oh. Uh, yeah, RJ's getting but, uh, visibly uh, angry here. Very, just, uh, very, very upset. Wet rolling. Just uh, what kind? What, do you, what can you tell me about male bonding? <laughs> male hey. bonding is when they lock the witches up, man. That's that's what male bonding is in this movie. Whew. That's pretty tough. <laughs> yeah, no, it sucks, and that, that's you know a fact about how the world has <laughs> treated women. Uh, how you know back in back in the old days when women would say something and they'd just be uh, diagnosed, you know, air quotes, diagnosed with hysteria, things like that. I think it's along the same lines, you know? And, like, even here sometimes just <laughs> I'm, I'm living with my grandparents, and so, you know, I get, I get to hear a bit of their chatter. Uh, every once in a while, my, my grandpa drops a, a, a bombshell, you know, and <laughs> it's mm. the old ways. Luckily, I think that that's changing, especially with exposure, you know. Uh, but yeah, this movie kind of highlights this specific this specific region and and how they they still deal with with that specific subject, um, and how it impacted the, this you know this girl. I'm not entirely sure uh, if this is based on a true story or or if it's its own you know, but. It uh, it's pretty it's a pretty good film, and then the the girl actress is so good, like <laughs> you know there, there's some kids you see and you just you want them off screen even if they're the main character you just want them off screen, and then this girl uh, there's something about her about her eyes it's just you know they when they say they got the old soul eyes, old mm. souls, like she looks like she's lived through things. <laughs> Just with the look, she gives that vibe, and so they really make good on on on, you know, getting her her portrait. I'll say, getting her uh, her looks and stuff, and and she has like very penetrating eyes. So there's something about this actress that really like sells, you know, sells the the story, because it, it it makes sense, you know, how how. Like even with just a look, just because this girl like looks so fierce, that in and of itself would be a reason why somebody might be intimidated by her, you know. Which is kind of like what what sets it all up in the beginning. What sets her her trial as a witch and everything. It's very good, and and I recommend it to to all the viewers and <laughs> to all the listeners. I mean, oops. I would definitely. Uh check it out just for some tips because i've been trying to get andrea locked up for years now she's hysterical it's crazy you guys i, I don't know i don't know how to handle it what would you do jared uh he's stunned <laughs> he's stunned no it, it does sound good uh frank if you're also if you're interested in african movies there's a ugandan film in the criterion collection called a uh, general Idi amin dada mm, from, from suggest you check uh, that out french filmmaker well, it was filmed in Africa. Yeah. By a white man. I, I have heard of such a film. But yeah, I, I was yeah. looking for uh, black-directed films, mm. you know, from, from the starting point. But I'll, I'll be open to... No, to, this sounds good. 
I'm you sold me. Mm-hmm. It does sound good. And what what, uh, yeah. what and what platform can I watch this on? Or let's see here. So it's on. You can buy it from Amazon. You could watch it on iTunes and Vudu and Google Play Movies and Amazon Video. Amazon Video. I think I actually got it. Yeah, I got it on a sale from Amazon Video. I think it was five bucks. Okay. It's possible. It's it, in Canada. It could be on a streaming platform. That's what I'm looking at. Let's, oh, it's on Hoopla. And look at that. It's on the Criterion Channel. Oh, at least the channel's got something that we want to watch. Oh, yeah. We'll We'll talk talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that fucking later. It's it's definitely worth it. I I haven't even... See, it's so hard to articulate. But there's a lot of, like, comedy mixed in here. The director does a good... uh, It it sounded serious the the way I I laid it out. But there's actually a a, a bit of comedy. Because you you see how far these people will will take the the, the government. The people taking... uh, control of, of this little girl's life there's kind of a, a bit of you know uh they poke fun at it you know, how superstitious the people are around her or how uh you know how insane some of some of them will go <laughs> with this idea mm-hmm. uh how far they'll push it but but yeah it, it there's a good blend of, of that like seriousness and 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 the comical uh elements it's pretty good yeah, I see some people in the comments mentioning how like they're the first the first two thirds is like amazing comedy. It's hilarious, and then the final third is just this like it's so heartbreaking. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. If true, it's pretty good. And I was gonna I was gonna watch some more some more movies. I was gonna get to some more movies, but uh, I actually got caught up uh, with some anime. Oh shit! Nice. <laughs> Okay, so I'm, I'm going to just say it outright. I wasn't watching uh, Neon Genesis. Oh. But, but <laughs> we would have been lucky if I had. But I did start episode one recently. Ooh, nice. I haven't, I haven't followed up on it, but I'm going <laughs> to. It's good stuff, Frank. It's very good stuff, right, Jerry? Mm-hmm. What happened was I actually bought another anime called uh, Wolf's Rain. Okay. On, on, mm. On Amazon Prime Video, it was also five bucks. You know, these sales come up. I've been trying not to, uh, but every once in a while, I'll, I'll pick something up from that. And uh, yeah, so I happened to buy Wolf Train, and I hadn't watched it. I bought it like three months ago, and so I was like, "Well, it's, it's about time." You know, I've been trying to trying to get back into anime. It's been a few years since I, I checked anything out, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I've been watching Wolf Train. And uh, halfway through it, how much do you guys know about Wolf's Rain? I have never seen it, but I remember during the heyday, this was a very popular DVD at the comic store when we were still selling anime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, Wolf. from what I've heard, there's actually not a lot of information that I could find about it. There's positive reviews, but not really anywhere that... that well, I, I probably haven't dug deep enough. I'm I'm afraid of those uh, anime forums. Just don't mm. wanna don't wanna go in there deep dive. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, you know, the, the few reviews that I, I have been able to find, they're all, they're mostly positive. So I was I was pretty uh, I don't know. I, I was pretty comfortable. Uh, I was pretty sure I was gonna like it. And so far, it's it's been pretty good. Um, out of the '90s. Animes that that I've seen uh, really 
what, Cowboy Bebop, mostly the bigger names other than Neon Genesis. Um, I, I've liked them all pretty well. Cowboy Bebop has been one of my favorites. Uh, I'm not really a big anime fan. Mostly was it because I grew up in the time when all the shonen stuff was, was pretty big at the schools. So, mm. you know, all the kids were into Naruto and all this stuff. And I I, I wasn't into it because, well, I liked the, the art and stuff, but I, I never could handle how long the fights would take and, you know, all this stuff. So uh, w- whenever I did finally start looking into anime, I always trying to find these more contained, uh, was it like 24 episode shows. So Wolf's Rain, uh, I'm halfway through it. And, and the basic premise is, in this kind of dystopian, I'm going to say future. I'm not sure if it is a future or if it's just its own world. But in this dystopian future, uh, there's this kind of legend that that wolves, which have been wiped out by the humans, uh, wolves used to roam the earth or something as, as some kind of, uh, I guess, the, the dominant species. And... and there's this place called Paradise that they seek, and, and Paradise is, is kind of this haven for the wolves. And so this anime follows these these four wolves as they, they try to make their way to Paradise in this world where, where wolves have all but been eradicated. Mm. And it's it's pretty it's pretty straightforward the story story-wise. Um, you know the, the the plot isn't very heavy. But it's the animation is really good. It's really well done, and the the art style I've been liking it a lot. It's, it's been a pretty easy watch so far. And then it has it has the music. Uh, not, I don't currently remember her name. I think her name is Yoko Kano. She she was the the music. Uh, she was the artist who produced the music for Cowboy Bebop. Mm. Mm. Oh, she also worked on uh, Kamikaze Girls in the world of Kaneko, uh, which are live-action movies. She did the music for those movies, which are all pretty good. Yeah, so so the music's pretty good for the show, and and the voice uh, the voice actors is, is a big crew, but like the big names, what Johnny Johnny Young Bosch, uh, Crispin Freeman. Uh, What's the name of the guy, voice actor for Spike Spiegel? Oh. Crispin Glover? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Martin Mull, maybe. Uh, let me see. Steve Bloom, I think. Mm. Steve Bloom. Yeah. So so it's got a pretty good cast as well. Um, yeah, it's simple. It's a good watch. I think it's supposed to get. Uh, it's supposed to be one of those tearjerker animes. Uh, so far, it hasn't gotten me yet. But I think there are a few moments that, for like a younger audience, it, it might. You know, if they're really into the anime stuff, <laughs> it, it might get them. Sounds like it's got a strong animal welfare message. Yeah, actually, that's something that. Yeah, yeah it's basically. Uh, the the wolves have to kind of dress themselves as humans. Uh, I guess it's kind of like a spell or something that they put on humans, where they have to they get to look like humans. Uh, they have to hide, you know. Sheep's clothing. Yeah, the, the masks that they wear. You know, the mask we all wear. Yeah. I'm just reading up about Steve uh, Blum, the voice actor. 
of 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 Spike. Um, his personal life, it's like the weirdest thing. I'm just reading. Steve has two sons, Jeremy Blum, who's a teacher, and Brandon Blum, who is also an actor. He is currently engaged to Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. He is Jewish. <laughs> Sick. Nice. Okay. Very nice. And then, like, mm-hmm. yeah, apparently he went under David Lucas while he was working on stuff way back in the 90s and, like, would use the David Lucas name over and over again here and there. Very odd. I don't know mm. why that's a thing. Who's to say? But, yeah, uh, Wolf's Rain. RJ, you going to check it out? You like, you like animals. Fucking you know it, buddy. Yeah. You know I love animals. I'll check it all out right now. Mm-hmm. I will say there's a lot of animal harm, but they always get oh, back okay. up. No, but. Uh, never mind. <laughs> it's called Wolf's Rain, oh. RJ. Well, there's no... No, I'm watching Star Trek, Frank's favorite TV show. So, you know. There you go. So, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not sure I'm selling it here, but uh, it's pretty good. And yeah, hopefully right after I'll be able to, to dig into Neon Genesis. Oh, yes, you do. I've been meaning to... That, I'm gonna be honest. That first episode is kind of uh, you, gotta keep, you gotta keep going. You got, yeah, you gotta I, watch until like though. episode nine or something. That's where it really flips over. I think it's, it's literally like, like halfway, halfway through, and then it turns yeah. like the tone Isn't of it just what, shifts. What, what everybody yeah. says about about the uh, uh, cowboy quote unquote good show, you gotta you gotta keep cowboy, watching. You gotta keep make cow- it halfway. And then ha- it gets good. Cowboy Bebop. Uh-huh. It's the flip. Because the first half is kind of like, it's got a sense of humor to it, and then the second half, it all turns dark. That's the anime, like, cliche, where it's like, the first half is all like, oh, the character's a jokester, haha, he has a dark past, but he he has to smile and laugh through it to get through it all, and then the second half, ugh. But Neon Genesis is all about mopey-ass Shinji. Shinji! You know that one, Jarrett? I heard about it. also know about Congratulations, Shinji. It's... Heavy spoilers, buddy. Oh. Heavy, heavy spoilers. But yeah, I think it, maybe it's not nine. Maybe it's twelve or episode twelve or thirteen of Neon Genesis where it uh, it flips over. You'll find out when you watch. We highly recommend. Nice, nice. So is that it? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Is there <laughs> one more? I, I, I guess not. I mean, I guess this is where I go to the bathroom, hey? <laughs> All I can say, there's, there's been meddling, okay? There's been meddling. With uh, rea- reality, I have signed. A, I have signed a contract. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is life binding, you know. I, I can't say anymore. So, are are you excited about new Criterion's coming out, Frank? No, um, no. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing. To hey, be are you? About. Are you? Hey, I just want to say yeah. we got. I got an email today. Did you get the email or like a couple days ago from Criterion? RJ, about what? About, about uh, me watching Portrait a, of a the Lady mes- on Fire. A message to our Canadian customers. What? Uh, I I didn't 
I probably got it. What did it We've say? We've heard from many Canadian customers frustrated with the world mail as packages are being delayed for months or lost entirely. To provide you with a better and more reliable experience, we will no longer use world mail as a shipping option. All Canadian hmm. orders will now ship via DHL Express at a flat rate of $23 US per order. If you have an existing pre-order at Criterion.com that is shipping via world mail, it will still ship by that method. Um, and then they say, hey, if you want to save on shipping and potential import costs, we've partnered exclusively with Unobstructed View in Canada. I encourage you to order from them directly, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so D- DHL is the fucking shits. They are they char- they broker your stuff. They are awful, and yeah, that's pretty well going to be the end of me ordering anything from Criterion Collection. So all these uh, these codes i've got for like spend ten dollar coupons and stuff like that it's like yeah that's that's nice it'll cost me more money to order from them so mm-hmm. that was nice well that lasted i mean i very i didn't really order that many criterions at all the last year anyway and i would randomly order stuff from their site because i get points but i'm like 50 bucks away from getting that like 50 dollar gift card but it's like now it's completely sucked up because i only have one shipping option because people are whiners and who can't possibly surmise Oh, why is my package late during a pandemic? <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah. Well, maybe it's because they can't watch the movies they want to watch on the Criterion channel. Well, I mean, maybe it's a conspiracy. Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. So that's that's fun news. Things that will cost you more money. Yeah, it's good to um, hear. I, I don't remember what were the last announcements criterion oh i was just making jokes about that movie that you want to talk about you know just jokes <laughs> just jokes uh so anything else frank on your mind anything else you want to talk about you just ready for the news baby hmm. okay yeah we've stalled long enough <laughs> okay and it's like this portrait on fire. Okay. I'm interested to hear your thoughts, Frank. Well, if I can direct everyone to my letterboxed account, mm-hmm. uh, I gave it a five stars. Interesting. I, I, I like this movie. Which character is this? Is this Frank Santoro or is this uh, Frank Sanchez? It's whoever you want it to be, man. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Oh, okay. I found. I found the. Oh. All right. Okay. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, portrait of a lady on fire. Uh huh. Right. So the first time I watched this movie. Uh huh. Was a bootleg website online. Right. Sure. Middle of the night. Maybe four in the morning. I couldn't sleep that night. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not, I don't think I'm joking. If I recall correctly, <laughs> it was actually four o'clock in the morning when I watched it for the first time. And, uh, I put it on to try to fall asleep and I couldn't. Mm-hmm. That's a good sign, right? Sure. Right. Sure. Okay. So, so I, I thought I liked it, but I wasn't sure. Cause I, I wasn't sure how much I hallucinated it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, how much was real so 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 i had to see it on the big screen and right before uh right before i actually came came out of costa rica 
I managed I managed to get a ticket to one of two shows that was going to be playing in Athens, Georgia. Right? I got lucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I watched it on the big screen. Nice. It was amazing. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's big big Frank pick is what you're saying here, bud? Yes. This 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 movie, this 2019 movie. Uh-huh. Is everything I want to see in movies from now on. If, okay. If your movie in 2020 is not Portrait of a Lady on Fire, why should I watch it? It's tough but fair. Yeah. Tough but fair. A- anything else to add? <laughs> uh, well, then I moved out, you know, came here to Costa Rica, uh-huh. where, we, where we drink rainwater and Fanta Cola. Mm-hmm. And uh, I bought a ticket. I was going to watch it here in Spanish. Mm-hmm. You know, like a true patriot. And a pandemic slapped me right in the face. But I, had, I had my ticket bought and everything. Yeah. You know, sad times. It, it, gets, it gets the best of us, man. What are you going to do? I'd cry, but I've, I've shed enough tears. You know, then I feel you, buddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. So I think everybody's everybody's heard. I like this movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you did. It's a good movie. Yeah. And uh, it's about the women. Uh huh. And how women can fall in love. Sure. And that that's beautiful. I love it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And there's painting. <laughs> Uh-huh. And, there, and there's fire. Oh my god! Yeah, it's great. Uh huh. And there's there's a French island, and there's the ocean. Sure, sure. Uh, man, I think, I think, this, I think uh, this, movie, this might be having the opposite effect of making anyone want to watch this movie. And then there's a lot of uh, or this podcast. Yeah, uh, dragon taking through the through the armpits. Yeah, there's some armpit stuff in there, Jarrett. Cool. You'd, you'd know if you watched it, man. You'd you wouldn't know. know if you watched it, Jarrett. No. You know? So, well, I'm glad that you like that movie, Frank. It's uh, definitely a good Frank pick. That was the worst. <laughs> that was the worst uh, podcast uh, summary of a, of a film ever, wasn't it? No, but- I've given worse. Yeah. yeah. Are you sure... Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I would like to comment on it, Frank, but uh, I, f- I feel like uh, my 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 brethren over here, Jared Duncan, I think he might watch it sometime soon, so I don't know if I should say. We all know Jared doesn't watch movies Exactly. Anymore. Very true. Exactly. But what if it wins Best Picture? Because it's the only movie that came out in 2020. Did it, though? I thought it was last year. I don't know. It did in Costa Rica 2020. I don't know when this movie. Twenty nineteen. Oh, so it didn't get any Oscars. Sad. No, it wasn't even. Yeah, it wasn't even the the French uh, submission for the Oscars. Oh, to I a lot of uh, you know sadness of the 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 multitude of fans out there. Uh, well, those are made up, anyways. No. Nope. So. 
fake news. I don't know, Jared. What do you think? Should I just wait to withhold my uh, my thoughts until the Criterion uh, spine one thousand and forty or whatever? <laughs> how, how do you feel about this movie, RJ? Frank, do you want do you want me to actually talk about this? I think the fans uh, the fans will be a little mad that that if they tuned in and all they heard was me talking about it in like a very slow pace, uh, very weird uh, review. <laughs> I think I think quite a few will. Uh, there will be more sacrifices, man. We will lose. We will lose a lot more than we have already. Well, I know it's like 4 a.m. in Costa Rica right now. So, uh, Jared, what do you think? Should I should I give a 30 second rundown or do just it. skip it? 30 seconds. Uh, all right, Frank. For better or worse, this is what I thought. Okay, and you you made this happen. You made this happen. I think it's good, but I think there are some issues. So uh, things I do like. I think uh, it's got good framing. The composition is nice. I watched it with my wife, who has a art history background, and she said it's all framed like paintings and. Uh, like of the time and stuff. And I was like, that's cool. I wouldn't have ever known that unless I was watching it with you. Uh, I think it has very good, subtle storytelling. It's, it's, it's simple, which is a good thing. It's just a story about two people, which I like quite a bit. So those are some good things. A few things that I found weird was, um, I, I think the setup is kind of like, there's this weird black ops operations to like, like to paint this lady. And I was like, that's a little strange. Uh, the, like the start wraparound thing. I was like, I don't know if that's necessary. And then uh, the one scene I thought was really weird. Um, I know it's a powerful scene when the dress is on fire, but all the ladies like just start singing. And I was kind of like, what is this? I was like, what is this movie? It's this is magic. a strange thing. It it's is magic. magic. It's just like the tin drum. So those were a couple areas that I had issues with, but I'll, I'll give you this, Frank. It is a good movie, and uh, it is a nice... I like that it's a very uh, simple, kind of subtle storytelling. So it's good in that that front. And in 10 years, when I review it for the podcast, wh- who knows? Maybe it'll be my favorite. We'll see. So there you go. The, the people have won. They did it. And with that said, Jarrett, do uh, you got any news? Nope. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you have anything to add, Frank. If you uh, have any comments of mine, but uh, they, that's my bullet. That's my bullet again. Uh huh. The Criterion Collection. They did it again. I had bought Puro Le Fou. Mm-hmm. You're asking me all about it, like a couple years ago. Hey, which version should I buy? And I was like, Well, I heard bad things about the Studio Canal. It doesn't look that good, and the DVDs and the Blu-rays from Criterion were out of print. But you know what? I feel like Criterion likes to fuck with people when it comes to Godard movies. Mm-hmm. They, they just like to stick it to us, and it's mm-hmm. also. But, but I mean, part of it is it's, it's Studio Canal that they're dealing with. So, what can you do? See, here's the problem: Studio Canal's version was uh, what region A and B. So I bought it, and then I was like, you know, this isn't this isn't what I wanted, what I really wanted. So, uh, you know, I got on that eBay and I bought the, the out of print. Oh, you, know? you bought it on yeah. blue on Blu-ray? <laughs> you didn't know? No, I didn't know. You, I didn't know if I realized you. I knew you were thinking about it, but I didn't realize you actually bought it. Damn, yeah, it's 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 in the closet there. How much was there. it? 
let me see. I, it actually wasn't that much. I, I've been pretty good at that. I always get good deals. You on wait. Things, you I, wait and look and wait and see. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, I, what was it? I, they're like a predator just waiting and watching. Just like Jared? <laughs> Jared with children. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> so hey. we're getting canceled. Hey. I'm hey playing. <laughs> It's just you know once you've heard uh, once you've heard somebody say you know you, you got to film those children. That's uh, I mean that, that... Give you some ideas about a man. I, yeah, I, oh, he certainly wouldn't harm the child. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just a little videotape, but just a little VHS I'm making. I think this Whoa. is a be- best better time than any to uh, cut to our Criterion <laughs> film. What do you think, Jared? Yeah. Hey. So uh, after the break. Let's, uh, I don't know, go dance like there's no music playing. Sure. Sure. Sorry. That'll pierce your skin With a smile and a cry And she sees the end And her mind's in the sky But her feet pretend That she walks on a beach Sparking a leaf But the trees don't ease What she feels within Sees men who see past her But no matter the way That's no faith Like folks who need pastors Real woman on a set With actors who All trying to fuck The director after Cue music close up Back lights Keep a shadow in the front Pull back Cut to tears and laughter Man is a fool for not trying, holding up the sky, moment at a time, lover and a fighter, but for now, rather try to. Exactement comme Jean Renoir, à qui j'emprunte très humblement ces lignes. Oui, mais une femme est une femme. J'écris les textes, si je peux avoir quelques acteurs avec moi. Briali, Anna Karina, Belmondo. Enfin, je ne les ai pas souvent. Oui, mais une femme est une femme. Il faut bien qu'ils se maquillent, qu'ils se préparent, qu'ils s'habillent. En général. Oui, mais une femme est une femme. En général, je le fais donc seul. J'imagine les scènes et je les forme à moitié. Oui, mais une femme est une femme. Je ne leur donne pas d'angle. À mon avis, les angles, il faut les décider quand les acteurs ont répété. Oui, mais une femme est une femme. Quand les acteurs ont répété. Néanmoins, j'acquiers seulement à ce moment-là l'idée générale de la scène qui devient l'espèce de ligne qu'il faut suivre. Oui, mais une femme est une femme. Qu'il faut suivre et tenir très rigoureusement, de façon à laisser toute liberté aux acteurs. Autrement dit... Je pense oui, mais une femme est une femme. Qu'il y a entre la façon de procéder et la façon qui consiste à suivre fidèlement un scénario... La oui, diffé- mais une femme est une femme. La différence qui existe entre la musique indienne et la musique occidentale depuis Bach et Vivaldi, depuis la gamme tempérée. Oui, mais une femme est une femme. Dans la musique indienne, on a un thème général. Ce thème général a 4000 ans. Oui, mais une femme est une femme. Il faut le suivre. Et puis, il y a une note générale qui est donnée par un instrument à cordes qui possède d'ailleurs une seule corde. Oui, mais une femme est une femme Avant de commencer, on se met bien d'accord. Et cette note Oui, mais une femme est une femme Cette note est répétée constamment, de façon à ramener les autres instruments à une unité de ton. Oui, mais une femme est une femme Il y a donc le thème et le ton, et autour de ça, on est libre. Je pense que c'est un système merveilleux, et, exactement comme Jean Renoir, à qui j'emprunte très humblement ces lignes, j'essaye de faire un peu ça au cinématographe. And we're back. 
This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about A Woman is a Woman from 1961, directed by Jean-Luc Godard, and we're joined by Patreon co-host regular Frank Solano. Wee-wee. Mm-hmm. Wee-wee. <laughs> so, the there's no tagline for the film, RJ, but we do have oh, good. a succinct synopsis from Letterboxd. Okay. Longing for a baby, a stripper pursues another man in order to make her boyfriend jealous. <laughs> isn't that that's kind of like uh, the synopsis for Jurassic Park, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, or maybe it's like those deleted scenes that uh, Sp- right. the, the Spielberg thought. You know, maybe I won't include this thing with Laura Dern. Right. I uh, I think that's probably the right choice. No, I that's think a- I think so. That's probably one of the shortest ones we've had ever. I know it's got to be. It's got to be one of the shortest, yeah. and it's so blunt. It's so to the point. But is it inaccurate? Uh-huh. No, it's pretty descriptive. I think it's pretty fair. What do you think, Frank? It's pretty good. I think if we all believe hard enough, somebody will fix it. We've been trying to do that for years, dude. Nobody uh, listens to us. Well, Nobody believes. No one yeah. believes. Well, I mean, one could just step in there, go onto themoviedb.org, and uh, fix her up. Yeah, but would you? I don't care. I don't no, care. not I, us. I've fixed Wikipedia pages, but this is beyond my pay grade. I used to care more. One time. That's when that'll. You were alive. That'll being said, what do we got mm-hmm. here, lads? We got here oh. his, I guess, second movie his second real movie if you include like, like if, if chronologically you, yeah like so there's a yeah no i guess it's like this is his follow-up to breathless which is a movie that we have not talked about yet because it hasn't come up in the criteria collection but everyone here has seen breathless correct i own it but i've never seen it oh you've never actually seen it okay i own it okay I believe you. Which is cool. That's fine. That's that's almost as that's almost as good as having seen the movie. You know, you own it. Yeah, I, I own it. No. but that's not going to come up for what three years. Uh, it's a way. It's a ways away for us, at All least, right. at least that long. Um, so Godard, we've had Frank on before talking about Godard. We talked about Band sure. of Outsiders mm-hmm. way back when. We've talked mm-hmm. about Alphaville. We've talked about Contempt. Mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I guess you could say it's like a 50-50 type of proposition with Godard at this point. Sure. Sure. Um, for me, like my, for my Godardian stuff, my taste kind of runs toward the formal side of things. Like where I was like, I love looking at his color movies mm-hmm. and his, I don't know. I've, Breathless, the first time I ever watched it, I thought was like amazing. The second time I watched it, I was like, man, this movie kind of stalls out with these scenes of characters talking in apartments. And then you start, mm-hmm. as I've watched more Godard movies since then, because at that point I'd only seen Breathless and Breathless again. Now I've seen, a, you know, some more. I was, I was like, oh. Breathless again? Is that the sequel? Breathless again, starring Richard Gere. I would watch that movie. Well, you can. That's good. Look it up. Breathless starring Richard Gere. But All right. I'll take your word for it. Okay, continue. So anyway, 
this this is the one that like had been on uh, my radar for a long time, and uh, a friend of mine said that I would not like it because it is a musical of sorts. And I was always kind of like, well, what does that mean? It was like, well, it's like not really a musical. It's kind of an anti-musical. And I was like, okay. I mean, I totally kind of forgot about that for a really long time uh, until uh, starting to watch this movie. And then I started noticing the use of sound that this Mm -hmm. movie uh, uh, deploys. Mm -hmm. So that that all being said. So what's this uh, a woman is a woman about? So this movie stars Anna Karina. This is uh, Godard's main squeeze, his his special lady mm-hmm. friend that he wants to make. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. So this this movie is a lot like it gets a little weird when you start reading about Godard's like personal life stuff when it came to Anna Karina mm-hmm. and kind of like how he treated her and like how he makes these movies about her. So I mean, like I I mean like Vivre Savie I think is like absolutely the, the one time i've seen it i think that movie is incredible and i think it uh brings together all the godardian things that i like mm-hmm. uh in a very cool succinct way that i feel like uh a woman is a woman is working toward i guess okay if that makes sense so what is this movie well this movie is basically a lot of shots a lot of photography mm-hmm. of anna karina doing things because the camera loves her because she's this like incredibly photogenic, uh, like very charismatic presence, and he knew that. And boy, does he exploit the shit out of that fact, and just like puts her into the movie because it's like, yeah, people are gonna watch it because she's got that like this like ridiculous eyes <laughs> that just like pop. Uh, she's incre- mm. like stylish. She fits the era of like these like nineteen sixties like uh, of femininity, where it's kind of like uh, sexy and cute all at once and mm-hmm. you put like beautiful red dresses or sailor outfits or whatever the fuck have her hair up and down tossing around and her having arguments with her her shitty boyfriends <laughs> about having a baby because that's what she's all about in this movie uh this movie mm-hmm. kind of like starts off with her kind of day-to-day life she stops by a magazine or so she stops by a coffee shop and she's making eyes at a guy she waits to have a cappuccino the cappuccino or whatever it's our our european style coffee it's too hot um and she (laughs) kind of leaves it but this is not before looking directly at the camera because it's one of those kinds of movies where the movie kind of pauses almost and lets you say hey i know you're watching and then she goes Mm -hmm. out walking down the street and you have this like beautifully designed like color coordinated scene of like these red and blue buildings and then you see like little old ladies walking around with like perfectly matched red and blue jackets and that's just like nothing it means nothing to the movie at all except for like it's pure style and like this kind of like language Mm -hmm. of Godard movies you're like man this is so good and this is even like before that you get the the amazing Godard font and colors and Mm -hmm. um like for the credits that are like non-credits like they're almost descriptive of like you have to like think about what the credits are about because he's like saying yeah what are credits he is he is what are they jerry he is an artist rj you'll figure it out he assumes the the audience has uh the intelligence to decipher what he's going on they're on they're they're out of order sometimes it's the last name followed by like a expression of what the movie's going to be about um Mm -hmm. And it just it goes about that business. It's uh, it's a real deconstruction 
of <laughs> of the form throughout you'll have scenes where like she's walking down the street and then the traffic sound cuts right out making you you know you are watching a movie don't forget Mm -hmm. you're watching actors perform in front of you and so you go okay that's all well and good i i I can watch movies like this i enjoy movies like this but you're Mm -hmm. like okay so what kind of story is he going to tell and this is maybe where things get complicated and kind of weird where problematic well well, let's just we'll let people decide. So this is a movie about a okay. woman who you it's revealed kind of like as she goes into her job that oh, she is a an erotic dancer and you you get to see some scenes of like cuz you're kind of she's in this like restaurant bar and then you see mm-hmm. like this like this woman just walking around you're like, "Whoa, what what's her what's her story? What's she doing?" And you're like, "Wait a minute. Now she's getting dressed and now she's in the back and you're like, "Oh, she's a she's a she's also a performer." And we get a we get a dance number. Mm-hmm. And uh you find out it's like, "Oh, okay." And so she does like a, she does a song and dance number without music, with her just singing. And then when she finishes singing, the music plays and then it cuts out. So it's like this raw like experience that I think is kind of somewhat influential in the way some people have done these like you know Woody Allen did everyone says I love you which was like this stripped down musical with like non like non like professional performers doing just songs um dancer in the dark mm-hmm. I feel like has like elements that like kind of are descendants yeah. of Godard but like they're still like but like doing it in a very different way mm-hmm. so yeah, this is a story about a woman who wants to have a baby, and she, she wants to go about it any way that she wants. Her boyfriend won't give her, and so she starts playing these these two guys against one another, and these are kind of punctuated by long, extended scenes of dialogue in apartments, just like we've seen in Breathless, like we've seen in Contempt, um, of these like moments. And like, there's sometimes text that comes across the screen saying what they're each thinking. Um, mm-hmm. Not not a narrator, uh, like you'd hear in something like uh, Band of Outsiders, I guess, where like someone's like t- kind of like poetically stating what's going on. This is like again an exploration of like what you can do with the the medium, I guess, and like how you can express the story. But again, it comes down to like, well, what is the story that's being told, and I would say that at the end of the day, I find that the this is the subject matter that Godard's gone with, and it's like he's mm-hmm. using his character, his 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 you know his actress, his muse, his Anna Karina in this weird possessive way, and he's telling the story about her like this, where she's kind of going along with it, and you're kind of like that's kind of weird, <laughs> and it's kind of like is this because I mean I kept thinking about like there are people nowadays, especially they talk about Alfred Hitchcock and like how his films, mm-hmm. like he, he's very like weirdly possessive of the, the female actresses of the leads. And like he, he does these bad things to them. And, but he was, he wasn't aware of his predilections necessarily. People talking about him, mm-hmm. like doing things, making them like uncomfortable on set as far as like, you know, doing scenes over and over again, kind of being like subtly sadistic. And I wonder, I'm like, well, Jean-Luc Godard would be like, I, I'm totally aware of what I'm doing. And that makes it okay, I think. And I go, huh? Like it's just like it's just such a strange subject matter. And I mean, with sure. The, so I don't know. I, I I love looking at this movie. Um, I mm-hmm. like 
Oh, I jumped for joy when I started watching this and I saw it was only 90 minutes long because it feels oh, like yeah. a very long time since we've seen anything that was 90 minutes long. And they've all been like two, two and a half hour, three hour behemoths. And it's like, will this mm-hmm. ever stop? Does, does everything have to be like longer than need be? And finally, here's mm-hmm. a 90 minute movie. And this movie very much feels like kind of a, uh, a slight film because it's so stripped down. It's like, literally about these like three characters and their dialogue exchanges that are like not really even about the dialogue exchanges. It's like the, it's the Mm. idea of these conversations being had, which I mean, for some that's good enough because maybe they're like, yeah, I'm I'm beyond like dramaturgy. I'm beyond like characters actually having these conversations, but I don't know if I am. I kind of like these like, exchanges in a genuine way and without like maybe the Godardian remove the um the aesthetics of uh Godard kind of like being the thing so I don't know I'm kind of in a weird place with this movie myself mm-hmm. a movie that I had never seen before I've just been delaying on and on and on and it's also because Studio Canal owns the rights to this movie the the DVD mm-hmm. and Blu-ray of this have been out of print for ages and it was on the Criterion channel up until probably about the uh, beginning of the month where it suddenly disappeared right in time for when we needed to watch it for this very week so that was fun um I checked. I checked a week ago because I was like, "That movie's still on there, right?" And I was like, "Oh, good." And then uh, August second, I go to try to watch this fucking thing, and it's gone. And I go, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! What the fuck is going on here?" And then uh, I, um, I know Oliver was talking about the channel before, so uh, I was talking to him about it, and he was like, "Well, apparently on Reddit, all the Anna Karina simp's were telling people to better watch." <laughs> better watch a woman is a woman before uh, august 1st because it's going to be taken off and i was like well i was like i i, I didn't follow that cri- uh, criterion uh subreddit um okay. conversation whatever I, I, that was but I, apparently I must... it happened okay so yeah i've seen people talking about simps here in regards to this and i go whoa 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 like what is mediocre here about anna karina <laughs> like you're trying to find fault yeah, like her? what? What is like? It's like you know. I, I think she'd be a, a pretty fine catch. I think people should be going, going the distance for Anna Karina. They, they should be simping for okay. that. So I don't get it. Like to me, what I feel like the... it's a, an accurate use of the word simp, but it's the internet. Sure. So I, I, the rules are different. I didn't actually read the conversation, so I have no idea. That's but uh, that's probably for the best. Probably for the best. Do you simp for the guy? No. <laughs> These these guys, they're I don't know. They're they're kind of uh, shit bags, right? So, for treatment of directors to actors, where do you stand on the uh, Stanley Kubrick Shelley Duvall situation? Where, where do I fall on it? Yeah, are you pro uh, harassment? And, no. Uh... <laughs> oh my god. Some people, yeah, but there's all those people out there who are like, well, man, look at the performance he got out of her. Well, we'll see. This is that's a. Another thing. That's a whole different thing. It's a whole other uh, set of concerns, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's because, like, when Anna Karina died, what was it? Just like late last year? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was December of last year. Okay. So she died. There was like some, like, like her relationship with, like, Godard. Like, obviously, they benefited a lot from, like, working with one another, I 
you could argue sim- symbiote yeah i guess but yeah Godard just seemed like not a i mean so they got divorced in 65 just didn't doesn't seem like sure. a not a very good partner which is not what we're judging here on this podcast but i i do find it it becomes important in the sense that like he's making this movie with her and about her. And it seems like he's in love with her. You can really tell from the way he shoots her. Right. And then he's like, he's doing the subject matter about a stripper, which like, I mean, he's doing it in this kind of cute musical sort of way. Like he's, he's kind of like taking this like material and like presenting it in this fairly like love, love and life sort of, uh, uh, approach. Mm-hmm. That seem does that seem accurate? But but there's also like there's there's sure. like there's there's like a critic there's a critique there, but at the same time it's kind of like, well it's okay because I know what I'm doing, but I'm like, well, eh, that's does do you? <laughs> does anyone actually know? But he seems like probably a man, and as this is a guy, RJ, he's still alive. Mm. He's not dead. He's still Godard not dead. Godard is still alive. I know, amazing, right? Since the last time you thought he was dead, he still hasn't. <laughs> Like that goofy French lifestyle, I guess, is uh, keeping these people alive. It's all, but... the, it's all that butter. Well, I mean, all, all they eat for meals, it's just like it's just a huge wheel of cheese. They just like hunk off a chunk and they eat it. That's every French person mm-hmm. I've ever met. That's all they do. So right, has to be has to be some truth to it, right? So yeah, I'm uh, I'm not so... sure. I'm not sure how I'm feeling about this movie because again, I, how do you I... feel about the movie without that kind of subtext again it feels like a slight movie right like it doesn't have like a lot of of like substance which is completely intentional um and like because the story is like this like very specific kind of story and it's all about the telling of it and the presentation sure the like i don't know just like on pure aesthetics is filmmaking it's like it's a pretty great looking movie like it looks Mm-hmm. fucking gorgeous um everyone's mm-hmm. like in the prime of their lives uh everyone, everything looks cool everyone looks great and you can see like why you know color godard's amazing i i love his mm-hmm. color movies more than uh i like his black and white movies pretty well but yeah i don't know i'm gonna throw it to you two folks volks what do what do you what do y'all think of a woman is a woman because this is the internet now and I'm saying y'all. That's a good accent too. Uh, Frank, as special Patreon co-host, would you like to discuss a woman is a woman, as Jared put it? I would like to discuss. Sure. Um, Hit it, man. Okay. Arj is handing so... it off to you because he's he's a coward. I'll, I'll speak before him. I just thought as a as a paid as a Patreon guest, I felt like uh, you know uh, I you, you're welcome to talk about it if you want. If you want me to go first, I will too. It's up to you, bud. It's your day. Well, I think Jared Jared's pushing. He's pushing for it, so we might need to hear your take first. My take? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Um, I didn't know any of this. Uh, this possessive uh polanski ask uh oh, it's not anna karina no 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 it's not, it's not uh, quite like that but yeah well i'll, I'll keep it broad he's and like, then, uh, he's kind of like i mean it's kind of like cassavetes it's like they're, they're people yeah. have been trying to they're trying to get these guys 
for a long time. And it all depending on the moments. They're like, hey, maybe really should consider, do we need Godard in our lives? And some people are like, yeah, they're fine to like wave, wave it aside because uh, he, he's like very much a Marxist. He, his like uh, his post-68 revolutionary period where he's like stops really making movies at all. He's just making these film essays. Mm. But... Yeah. It'd be like being a host to a globally recognized Criterion podcast and you just stop watching movies. You just make essays about the movies, you know? Just make them. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to it a little bit, Frank, and then I'll give it to you, I guess, if that's what you mm-hmm. want. Um, I think it's, what's that phrase where it's six in one hand, half dozen another or something like that? Do you know that phrase, that uh, euphemism, Jarrett? Nope. No. Okay. So, anyways, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a catched bag. Uh, I think there is, as you pointed out, there's a lot of really good things about it. Uh, it does look great. Uh, some of the color scenes are real nice. Um, I do like the, uh, the scene where she's doing her kind of like burlesque show, and it shows just the kind of projector of lights, and it's kind of rotating, and it's just oh. light shining through. Oh, and there's it's like, there's this really brilliant movie. moment where like the light turns over to the blue. Just as when she's saying, I'm no angel, which is all oh, blue angel film. I got a screenshot for you, buddy, if you want it. Okay. Um, yeah, so that moment is uh, great. I, I like that quite a bit. Uh, and then there's lots of little scenes like that that I think are really well done. Um, I like the jukebox scene when it's uh, them, the her and the dude sitting in the diner and they're not talking to each other. They're just listening to the song. I thought that was a really nice, quiet little moment, kind of like... Uh, the quiet, subtle moments in Frank's 2019 pick, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I thought that moment was kind of similar because it's just two people sitting there. They don't need to talk. It's just things that are happening. There's a lot of a lot of tension in that scene. So that scene's very good. Uh, I liked one of the scenes I thought was actually super funny was uh, when dude is having a dart outside of uh, the cafe and he's watching her apartment and people, co- people keep coming up to... Uh, get a light off of his cigarette uh i don't know why i was just like that's very relatable for me i uh you ever been the one guy with a lighter in a smoker's pit Jarrett? uh nope i have not it's a compromising position let me tell you buddy especially in Uh, these days in these days yes it is it is you know no that's a story for a different day it doesn't matter anyways i like that scene I, i thought it was relatable um so there's some really nice scenes like that, and I do think that there are uh, some of the some of the apartment scenes where they're kind of like doing their relationship stuff. Uh, I was like, this is I was like, this is relatable, and this is these are situations that I think people are common to people who've been in relationships like similar to things like that. So I was like, that's cool. I like that. Um, the sound stuff. Uh, at first, I thought I was having a stroke. Because, like, the sound was cutting in and out. And I was just like, is my copy of this movie not good? Because I was going to call you after I I had a pretty tumultuous experience with this movie. I was uh, messaging Jared for about an hour. I was like, what do I do? Because it was taken off of the channel. And I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? I would have watched it last week. But anyways, so then the sound stuff was going on. And I was was just like, what is happening with this? I was like, is is this not right? (laughs) I didn't realize you were having that kind of difficulty. <laughs> I, I I have difficulties, buddy. <laughs> sounds but, like uh, sounds like. I was like, whatever. I'll give it ten, fifteen minutes, and then I found that it was intentional, and I was like, oh. Um. So I think there's, 
you get a 50 50 there's some scenes i think the sound design is really well done like when she's singing and then there's some scenes where i thought it was a little bit like I don't want to say like obnoxious, but it was a little bit too much for me where I was like, eh, this is a little too on the nose. Like some of the winking at the screen stuff. Um, well, I think there's times where you can actually hear the crew in the background. <laughs> Are we filming a movie right now? <laughs> that kind of stuff. No. Um, so I think the sound design and the kind of like the self-awareness of it, uh, I think it's a mixed bag because there's some scenes I think it's really well done. And then there's some scenes where I was kind of like, uh, I was like, this is a little too much for me. But um, that's just my own personal preference to that. Uh, and then I do think, I I think the tone is a little bit kind of like, I think it's mostly a comedy, but yeah. And like they do address, like, I think near the end of the movie, she kind of actually addresses it in that self-aware style where it's like, she stuff and it's like i get it like so that, that makes uh she, where they're like in bed and she's like uh we're playful but we're talking about serious stuff mm. so like i think that's kind of what the tone is trying to mimic in that sense where it's like yeah people have serious serious things going on but they can also joke about it but i think that sometimes it loses me a little bit so for where i am for a woman is a woman uh despite my infamous misogyny uh i didn't mind watching uh, these this female story for a little bit i think it's good uh there are a few things that i liked quite a bit but there's also uh, a few things that i didn't like so it's like it's like in the middle for me i think i think it's a good show but uh, it's not uh, one of my all-time bangers and then that's okay right frank because we're all entitled to our opinions you know what? Which, oh, I just yeah, wanted to mention too that um, one of the things that I was reminded of watching this, and I think it's just because like it's the like singer, like stripper or singer prostitute. I was thinking about uh, uh, Fastbinder's uh, Lola, which is like a oh, movie yeah. that's like also like I don't know. It's very different type of movie because Fastbinder's like still kind of like going. He's telling like a typical movie. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's also like the, the look of it and stuff like that. The, the, the entire approach of it. So it's so, so different, but at the same time I was like, Oh, connecting these things in my head, I guess, of someone who's trying to work toward what they want as a goal. And that's all in a, in a way that's like, it's Europe and, uh, beautifully shot. <laughs> right. No, I think that's fair. Sure. Cause it's a, my opinion, but, uh, yeah. So Frank, Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen a woman is a woman before today or this week? I have. Okay. No, I, I can I can tell you. To me, it's a five star. Was it all time banger? Okay. Banged me pretty hard, man. Nice. Tell us about it. Um, let me see. I think the first time I watched it, I think it was one of the the first movies. Either it was one of the first movies I watched on on the on the Criterion Channel, mm. or it's one of the last ones I watched on Filmstruck. It's been a while. Let me see. I'll try to look it up. But yeah, so I, I've seen it twice now. Um, and as I was watching it uh, this time, like I, I was recalling a lot of the moments, so I, it, it's pretty much stuck with me uh, since the last time I watched it. Let's see here logged august oh no was it yeah oh, so it was a whole year ago since i watched it okay yeah so it was on 
It should have been on, on the Criterion channel. Let me hmm. see. My old review. 30 minutes into the movie, Anna Karina tells a guy, shut your face or I'm going to slap it until you've no face left. That was my, my review. That's pretty time. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think <laughs> that, that little bit of dialogue, uh, <laughs> kind of what I love about this movie. Because, <laughs> okay, everybody... <laughs> Everybody who's a, who's a fan of, of this show, at some point, will learn that I am I'm a pretty big Wong Kar Wai fan, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, if anybody looks up Wong Kar Wai, they'll find out that Wong Kar Wai has been accused of being sometimes style over substance, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's something that you guys have kind of touched upon here is that this movie seems to be sometimes style over substance, where there's a lot of style but maybe not enough story. And I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one of these people that I, I can overlook it depending on, on how charming the characters are, which, as we all know, Anna Karina is all charm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And the way that it's shot and everything, you know, all these elements together are enough for me to say that I really enjoy this movie, especially compared to some of uh, Godard's heavier stuff, I guess. Um, yeah, there, there's something about it being like easy going i feel like this is one of those movies that even though it is something that you kind of should be paying attention to you can kind of have it on the periphery as well and and you're, you're just hearing it even if you're not exactly understanding it maybe you don't know french or you know whatever uh even just hearing the sounds and the music and everything there's a like there's a funny quality about it there's a very like easy going quality about it that i really enjoy and uh, <laughs> I guess uh, touching on, on the music and stuff, I think that in a way this was like Godard's most annoying trolling that he's done. Yeah, <laughs> feels like you know, a young man. It feels like a young man's movie. I think that that's what that's what makes it. You know, I'm I'm a pretty young guy. I, I'm only a few years out of of high school, so this kind of relationship type deal where it's just it seems like you know. They're just nagging at each other constantly, but at the same time, they're doing it in a way that's very childishly funny, I guess. Mm. Or, or you know, it, it reminded me of a lot of people that you know I knew a few years back that even though they they consider themselves adults, you know, as high school seniors, they consider themselves adults, but they were still in these kind of relationships where they would act like children that get angry over unnecessarily stupid things you know so it, it seems very especially for like a sophomore picture you know uh it, it feels very very much like a, a young man's film you know he he was still well yeah uh, it's a second feature out. film yeah so he's he's still figuring himself out mm-hmm. and i think he's still figuring out what his relationship is with uh anna karina and so i think that really you know there's a lot of things that you could discard just because it, it's such a simple plot and, and it's, you know, there's not that much to it in a sense, but I, I think it, it's enough for me at least, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just how, how easy going and, and how it, it's relatively dumb. <laughs> it's like kind of a dumb movie, but at the same time, like it does hold something special. 
for me. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. What, um, I'm trying to think what year Charade came out for some reason. Because that movie like popped into my mind a few times. So Charade comes out two years later. And I think part of it is not so much like, I think, like, I mean, you could probably like draw some like kind of a correlation between like uh, uh, Audrey Hepburn and uh, Anna Karina. Just because like they, they're like these like mm. very like, you know, thin, pretty blonde or uh, brunette women with like big, like uh, expressive eyes. And they're both in these big like, white Jarrett expressive eyes. Okay. <laughs> is well, is okay. that? Do you have a Sorry, problem you... with that? <laughs> is that a, is that some sort no, of a, just... a creepy thing to say? I'm just checking, just checking. <laughs> okay. That's so, all. but so yeah, they, they both charade and uh, this have like this like pop sensibility. Like they're using like these primary colors. Um, but like, there's something about like the there's like a camp quality. Uh, where like there's like the thing where it's like at the end when she's in bed with her husband or her boyfriend and they're like they just like they kind of like flips over to like oh the, the lights went off and then the lights came back on and they have had sex and then they're like wah, wah, and you can always hear like imagining like a uh, like it's like Cary Grant in her own bed or something like that <laughs> like it has like that kind of like uh, piffle of a quality to it where it's like oh yeah this is like. It, this is such a situation that like it's very movie like and like ultimately it's like he's he's making a homage to these like Gene Kelly musicals and those are what those movies are they're just like about like nothing of substance I guess ultimately other than like they're about their form of like the musical and so he's kind of making this thing where it's like I'm going to strip it down and a lot, a lot of the times these movies have like weird attitudes toward women where they're like I want something and I'm going to go about it in this weird way to get what I want to get my man to do something. And like, this is like behavior that like we watch these movies from the forties, like every movie about these women are depicted that way. And so, I mean, 20 years later, you have this like French intellectual who's making these like film essays of like using the same, uh, idea, I guess of like, you know, he should be maybe ahead of that curve, but instead he's kind of embracing that trope, I guess, and leaning into it with the movie. But I'm like, kind of like, I just find it such at odds with like what it could be. And it's not, it doesn't seem critical of that. It seems like he's okay with that, which is also again, weird. Cause this is also his wife <laughs> that he's working with to do this, this story. I have no idea why this bothers me. Or like it's kind of like uh, sticks in my craw so much, but uh, I just like in your what, Jared? Craw? Don't you don't you, oh, okay. do you not have a craw? Uh, I'm unfamiliar with the term, uh, <laughs> so you might have to explain what that is. The the uh, the stomach of a person or animal. Craw is stomach. Uh, yeah, it's like it's part of your. I don't know. So yeah, here we go. Sticking one's cross to cause considerable or abiding resentment to rankle. Huh. Or it's also stick in one's throat. I legitimately thought craw was like a butt or something. So I was like, what are you doing over there, <laughs> bud? Okay, my bad. Yeah, it sticks in your craw. Um, yeah, it seemed like a lot of this movie was uh, maybe his own kind of therapy stuff where he's like, my wife. Let me, let me tell you. Well, I, so this is the thing, right? Like, you think about, like, Godard's probably, like, you know, maybe Anne Karina wants to, like, do family stuff. And he's kind of like, no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, it's all about the only child I need is my art, baby. <laughs> like, that's his mind reading projections of. But, like, I wonder. I'm like, yeah, 
that there's there's that element, and this is like a thing that does happen in a lot of uh, men, men's uh, movies when they're tackling women, especially when they start uh, getting divorced from them like a few years later, and you go, oh yeah, mm-hmm. and you're watching it live on screen, <laughs> playing out, and you're like, yep, here you go, 1960s dudes, even like the the ones that the the, the avant garde, you're like, yeah, they're still there, it's still there now, but. Yeah. What's about male bonding, Jarrett? Oh. Have you seen Wild Hogs? <laughs> I have not. Well, well. What were we talking about? A woman is a woman. Well, femme oh, yeah. is a woman. Do, <laughs> do you have uh, more things to add to that, Frank? As a big, uh, big Godard boy? Well, I wouldn't consider myself that big of a Godard boy. <laughs> Just this one I'm... in particular? Yeah, okay, I think when I think Godard, the first two that I always think that I've enjoyed the most, uh, from his more comical tone films, there's this one as my favorite, and then the other one is is Viva How is it? Viva San Luis. (laughs) Viva San Luis. Those two I've, I've always considered my favorites. I think I've seen them both twice, uh, whereas a few of the other ones I've had to I have to go back and rewatch. Like uh, consider maybe. I think Bend like yeah, on a visual level, I think like two or three things I know about her really comes to mm-hmm. mind. Like just like in the again that yeah. use of uh, primary colors and graphic design and telling the story. I think it's mm-hmm. more successful there. But I mean, it's actually amazing like how many movies he made and like a 10 year window and like just like how like yeah just how incredibly productive he was in making these movies because like he his turnaround on this stuff is so fast but like because there's not like any like giant like projects that he's doing where it's like oh it's gonna take me three years to make one of these did it take three years to make a movie yeah no oh all right when I when I think of the movie that really the the, the biggest quality that always uh, I think catches my eye is that just that pop what you spoke of that pop sensibility the the way this movie despite being so simple it's just everything that makes it what it is all the the colors and and the charm and everything uh, well I guess mostly for the main character because that's the thing the male characters. They're just uh, they're, they're they're pricks, man. <laughs> yeah, that's dudes, right? But I think Dude. I don't. That's the weird thing about this movie, isn't it? Because it's in a way, it feels like it it, it should or it could be uh, interpreted interpreted it mm-hmm. <laughs> as as a feminist inclined film. But at the same time, if if Godard is supposed to be, uh, you know, portrayed by these guys, these dudes, then, like, the way that they speak to her, or you know, the, some of the, some of the the, the answers they have for her, <laughs> uh, you know, they're kind of old school. I mean. <laughs> I guess that that's something that has confused me about it. Because in a way, yeah, he, he's kind of embracing the the old Hollywood uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. I think of all the 
of all the little scenes that that had callbacks, the one, the only one that I picked up on my own was it the whatever you can do, I can do better kind of deal going on where they were doing the little poses, right? Uh, Anna Karina and and Belmondo. Um, yeah, so I, I guess in a way these characters, th- these guys, they're supposed to be some. They seem to be like some mashup of, of, of you know, the, there's the cool crime guys that Godard was watching for for stuff like, I guess, Band of Outsiders and, and Breathless and and uh, Pierre Olefou, where, where it's these criminals, you know, on the run, and they're, they're supposed to be these tough guys. But at the same time, he's kind of, in a way, making his musical. And in the musicals, you know, you got these kind of more energetic or more, uh, you know, n- not as tough guys. So it, it's weird because sometimes these characters, you know, they'll play tough, and then sometimes the guy's arguing back, and you know, he's trying to, he's trying to tell her something, and he's putting his toothbrush in his mouth, and and just, you know, sounding all scrambled and stuff. So so, I don't know how how much of a feminist film this is in in the sense that even though the, the the female character, you know, is, is the focus, and uh, how the, the males are portrayed as kind of these pricks, <laughs> these bad dudes. Uh, it seems that that's kind of who Godard also was, because he he wasn't, uh, you know, from the, the backstory, he wasn't he isn't necessarily recognized for having treated women well, <laughs> you know, in his love life. So it's weird because. There which is, which has of, nothing to do with the art, <laughs> just like William yeah, S. Burroughs. <laughs> it's very strange because there is that weird mishmash of, of how you separate his real life from, from the art that he was making in, in this specific case where it seems that the art that he was making was what he was living at the time. Mm. Or what it, what it seems it would be or would have been at the time. Well, uh, what do you think of William S. Burroughs, Frank? Who did? <laughs> he was a dude who killed his wife, but he wrote Naked Lunch, and then someone on YouTube told us to give him a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was weird <laughs> that someone would stand up for murder. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm with you, buddy. Like, I... I don't know. I didn't know any of that shit. Well, I mean, you, you I, might. I don't I, know anything. You, ever. Because so. I, I guess you don't remember uh, Contempt. Because <laughs> that's like what it was about. <laughs> uh, I think so. But I also didn't really like Contempt that much. Well, because that, that movie's not very good. But uh, <laughs> but, many, but some people really like it. But I, I don't get Dude, it. Dude, I, I don't remember the creeps we did last week. Let, yeah. let alone what, like a year or two ago. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a mixed bag, but I'm glad you like it, Frank. It's it's like I said. I think there's there's definitely marks of really good filmmaking in there, and then there's just some stuff that doesn't work for me. But whatever, man. I'm uh, what do I know? I gotta stick to Back to the Future. So, right? I don't know anything. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> whatever, dudes. Uh, I don't know. This is one of those weird films where where it seems so lighthearted that it kind of shouldn't be treated as art and at the same time it, he, he, that's what he was aiming for was to make art i don't know i think 
if I remember correctly, uh, see, I, I own the, the, the DVD. I, I managed to, to get it off of eBay. And if I remember, I think I had I'd put on one of the interviews with Anna Karina. And the way that she remembers the film, I think, is that I'm not entirely sure. I think this was the one where she had a, a bit more liberty with her character. Mm. You know, and I think that really shines through with, with the charm. At the risk of uh, sounding like a Karina simp here, I think, <laughs> honestly, w- without without her presence in this film, I don't think there there'd be any real way to say that this is a good film, which is weird because I do like this movie a lot. But then again, I guess I guess my five star rating of it <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean you know it, it's a. Uh, one of the greatest of all time. I think it's just one of my favorite Godards out of his batch of films. So I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing I got going here for this one. What if instead of Anna Karina, it was Aaron Eckhart? Do you think it would still be as good? No. His chin throws me off. That's uh, (laughs) a, that's tough, man, but all right, whatever, whatever, whatever you say, man, I, I'll, I'll trust you on that one. What if it was Data from Star Trek? Do you think it would still be as good? I have no idea how Data looks. <laughs> would, he lo- uh, he looks would, just like uh, that. He uh, he says access denied because he's cut a off from my from my screen here. <sighs> All I see is Jarrett on that side. <laughs> Bagul is always mm-hmm. after me. He's he's strong with us. So mm-hmm. you you chaps want to hear about who hates a woman is a woman. Sure. Sure. All right. Sure. So I think one of the first ones is like a half star. It says just yuck. But we'll just jump uh, down to the next one. I think it's Chloe. Okay. Uh, half a star. I hate mm-hmm. Godard, but I'd only seen two films of his. So I wanted another to more fully justify my hatred. If that sounds like I was starting off with a negative bias, then that's right. I hate Godard, and I am not ashamed. There are a lot of small reasons. Mainly, I think he's insufferably smug. He really believes his own hype. <laughs> I find his... <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I guess like that's in the context of, like, I mean, this is a guy who's coming off hot of uh, Cahira de Sunima, whatever the fuck is pronounced. Of course. Uh, so he's like, yeah. he's, he's like this, like, the, the boy. He did Breathless, and it was, like, uh, ripping up things, and he's, like, doing this, like, it's... if. if Chloe's talking about that, sure. And there is probably like a smugness to his film craft, the way that people talk about Wes Anderson movies being smug. Same, mm-hmm. like there's just certain things that people are just going to bristle at. Okay, continuing on. I find his disdain mm-hmm. for narrative galling. You can still tell a good story and imbue it with all that new wave freshness. See Truffaut, Chabrol, Varda, any other French new wave director, or they say here FNW director. A director that is so concerned with making you feel nothing is one who I'm going to have nothing but revulsion for. So big surprise, I hated this. All the characters were profoundly irritating. The fourth wall breaking made me want to smash Godard's head into a wall and I just wanted it to end from about five minutes in. The end. I mean, Chloe, that's, that's an assault on uh, Godard, eh? Hey, Jer. Quite hey, Jer. The, yeah, quite the issues. Um, what was I going to say, man? Uh, so this person likes a lot of Criterion stuff, but then they also gave five stars to Hell or High Water. But the weird thing is they gave one star to Wind River, both by that Tay Sher- or Taylor Sheridan, Tyler the hell is that guy's name? Taylor, Taylor Sheridan. 
Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I wonder why one of them was a five-star film and the other one was only a one-star film, Jared. I'm not sure. They also gave Madolce Vita five stars, which is not my fave. Not my fave at all. So, I mean, this person's reviews aren't too bad. You okay. know? You know, they're not too bad. I don't, this person ain't ain't bad. Ain't all that bad. Um, yeah. Okay. Next up, yeah. we've got uh, Alex Proft, one star. An improvement over Breathless only in that it's nicer to look at. Still obnoxious and self-indulgent to the point of ridiculousness. Uh, of fucking course Godard would reference one of his own movies in a line of dialogue. What an unbearably smarmy cunt. <laughs> Whoa. Yowza. Uh, this person gave five stars to not just Funny Games, but the remake of Funny Games. Nice. Okay, they're brilliant. They know what they're so, they know uh, what they're doing. Yeah, but they're so it's weird. A lot of their five stars are like horror movies, like Session Nine. Ooh, that movie is not a five star movie. But some of these, some of these are for the irony crowd, like Troll, The Room, Jason X, five like five stars. Jared, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, five stars. But they gave Tremors five stars. That's what our side project's going to be pretty soon. They also gave Breathless a half a star, so they really just don't like Godard. Okay. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, one more from Holly, one star. Okay. If you are ever thinking about watching this film, please just watch Lola from 1961. Instead, this is basically a hack, misogynistic version of a Jacques Demy film, and I hated it with every fiber of my being. Pretty strong words. This person is down with the Frank picks. Five stars to Pain and Glory. Five stars for In the Mood for Love. Um, Yeah. Not a Frank pick, but this person and the last person gave five stars to Big Little Lies, that TV show that's not a movie, but is on Letterboxd for some reason. Jarrett. They also gave five stars to Chunking Express, Spirited Away, all sorts of good stuff, to be be fair. Let's go to their half-star films. Let's see what they got in that one, Jarrett. The Mummy, Sausage Party... Something called Hillary on Hillary Clinton. I don't know. These aren't the worst worst takes. Half star Billy Madison. Get out of here. It's a good show. It's a good show. And any any thoughts on these uh, careful considerations, Frank? Oh, I yeah. I don't know. It's weird, right? I kind of agree on some of these takes on Godard himself, the person. Mm. <laughs> uh. But at the same time, I don't know. There's something about the the movie. Again, I think it might be Anna Karina. Is it? Is, am I a simp? Is that the real question here? Is that what we should all be asking? Well, Jared, Jared pretty much flat out said at the start that he thinks more people should simp for Anna Karina. So. But but I think it's bull. That's not even simping. <laughs> but I think the big question here, Jared, is what is a simp and when is a criterion going to come out on it? Well, I guess like some people would say it's it's a silly or foolish person, but I think that people don't mean it that way. It's like I've I've heard some 
Uh, let's see here. Simp is a slang insult for men who are seen as too attentive and submissive to women. Ah, uh, okay. Especially out of a failed hope of winning mm-hmm. some entitled sexual attention or activity from them. I, I mean, but isn't the whole thing like the her boy, boyfriend like is kind of like is like a typical dude who like doesn't care that she's there, and then some other guys like yeah, I'll 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 get you pregnant. So I mean, they'll, do what? They'll, they'll, they'll get them pregnant. Okay. But I've also heard some call refer to it as uh, was it mid? I can't remember. What I've seen what S I M P actually stood for, but I'm not finding it here. Well, in a conversation I had off air with Oliver Granger, he said he was a simp for SJW kink, and I don't know what that means. Oh my god! But I mean, yeah, Frank, I think it's fine to simp for Anna Karina. She's a she's a cool lady. This is yeah. The New York Times has an article behind a pay window about uh, what does simp mean, and uh, there's some talk about men's rights and misogyny and TikTok. So we're, we're we're right on right on uh, right on. We're we're just right on, buddy. Mm-hmm. We're just right on. Well, good for us as a collective. Yeah, right in the toilet. The scummy, scummy toilet. Yeah. Any final thoughts on a woman as a woman in our expert breakdown? And uh, discussion, analysis of this Godard uh, masterpiece. I like that that Criterion cover. It's a nice cover. The bubble. It's cool. Oh, the the circles. Is that the one, or is mm-hmm. that the regular they poster? They used the parasite. And I'm not too happy about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That parasite blue. Like, it's like, like, what's the like? There's a 4K of it. So, like, why would you? Unless you're, you really want those special features. Mm-hmm. How special are they going to be, though, Jer? I don't even know if they've have they announced those things. I guess they do usually. Oh, uh, no. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. In a world where no one knows anything. Well, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I just hope they don't. They don't change that cover when they finally uh, upgrade it. Like oh, they, they, they they will. Don't you worry. That, and it'll see, be a downgrade. They screwed me over with Pierre LeFou, but I think I got the better deal. My my cover looks better. It's nicer. It is a nice cover. I really like that cover. There you go. After the break. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're all going to get pregnant. Why not? Why not? Have ourselves some... You did what? Have some butt babies. Excuse me, Jarrett? Se demande pourquoi tout le monde est fou de moi. Ce n'est pas compliqué. Voilà la vérité. J'ai des très jolis seins, des yeux d'amethyste. So RJ, on the topic of simping, what do you simp for? Butts, very clearly. Butts. It's been my whole. It's been my whole gimmick since day one, buddy. Yeah. Four years of simping for butts. 
Be specific. Male, male butts, right? Like, uh, uh, I have no preference, buddy. I'm fluid. Whoa. <laughs> like God intended. <laughs> but you yeah. like a mother, right? You, you like those glutes uh, nice and firm? I mean... I don't want to give away too much of my character, but uh, I, I like I like someone who can eat at Arby's, if that uh, if that paints the picture. And, and Frank, right Frank, how about you? About what? What are you simping for? Anna Karina, I guess. Is that because we've just been talking about her for an hour? Yeah. Okay. When you think back on these films, all you will think is Anna Karina. Yeah, you don't think about the. Yeah, you don't really think about the Bozo One and Bozo Two. No one gives a shit about them. There was like that nasty old weird old man who was like, "Hey, hey, I I got some guys, some customers. They would love to do something with you." I'll remember. I'll always remember him. (laughs) You can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail dot com and tell us about old weird men who ask you to do things for them. Mm. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on the Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan, RJ's Barnloaf, and Frank is Frank Solano. Mm-hmm. I'm even Mono Kid. Sometimes. Sometimes. That one's, uh, one's kind of dead. Yeah, that's okay. I don't know how to revive it. Just kill it. Put a bullet in its head. Delete. I think one is hard enough to maintain. Just do one. It's true. true. Especially when you don't watch anything for a few months. Uh, yeah. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. We've got a Patreon. Fans. We've got YouTube. RJ's got OnlyFans. Soon's. He's gonna be doing stuff with his butt later. Next week, oh, baby. Spine two hundred and thirty nine. We've got a double header of two movies, both called The Lower no. Depths. Are these still on the channel, or were they taken off? <laughs> I fucking hope they goddamn better be. I'm checking right now. Because we got A Lower Depths from 1936, directed by Jean Renoir. And we've huh? got The Lower Depths from 1957, directed by our boy, Akira Kurosawa. Who? This is like, like look at this. That's, that's wild. It's like Spines 1 and 2 all over again. Jared, it's only going to be 145 minutes. Or- what am I talking about? Three hours and forty-five minutes. Oh, that's of, uh, that's all. Film. That's all we have to watch. Oh, that's it. You hear about this, Archie? Though it's it's spine one and two all over again. I, I did hear that. I did, and you'll be pleased to know they're still on their channel. So, wow, man, huge. I mean, Frank, are you excited to listen to RJ and I talk about the lower depths? Sure. There you go, folks. You heard it here. Frank's excited. You can hear fan the enthusiasm yeah. in my voice. I think he's like. I think what's what's Frank's title? Fan number three. Uh, deodorant guy number two. Big deodorant right. boy. No. Yep. Mm-hmm. S- S- creep simp number five. <laughs> god damn it! Never. Oh my god! I never want to hear that word again. Oh, I hate it. I simp for you, buddy. Oh. Stop it. Stop it. Sympathize. You can I can't snow. No. You can spin it. I can't. Spin it any way no. you want. No. Just put a Y yeah. in there. No. Put a Y. Yeah. No. Sip. I hate I hate it. I hate this. I hate it. 
Hey, Jared, do you like The Simpsons? <laughs> Get it? <laughs> oh, hey, thanks, Frank. I hope oh, yeah, it, thanks, I Frank. Hope it was, I hope, hope it was worth your fucking money. <laughs> uh, sure. I I'm going to go buy some Games Workshop miniatures with it. You well, could do the right thing and buy Arby's with it. Yes. But then I'd have to share with you. Yes. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not definitely not going to do that. Do you want to play Space Marines? Uh, what is a Space Marine? And they're they're, they're essentially like Space Nazis, but they're the good guys also. Because there's like also like everything's bad in in the year 40,000. Everything's bad. Are we still recording? Oh, yeah. oh we're, we're live, pal. Why can't okay. you have both space Arby's and space, see this is this uh, is this is the good material here right here mm-hmm. yeah. space, space Arby's, space Arby's. I mean, bringing bring two worlds together look space. I finally got you guys to agree space beef truth baby yeah. it's the only thing I've been preaching what time is it where you are Frank I'm yeah. actually on, on central was it central standard time now oh it's like eleven thirty so or ten thirty three oh you're on our time. Oh yeah! Whoa! I thought it was like five a.m. there. I was gonna be like, "God damn, no. dude!" Where, 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 do, you, where do you think Costa Rica is? I don't know. Close to Australia. It's, 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 I think it's close to Jurassic Park. No, Costa Rica is paradise, and it can be wherever you want it to be. Oh, it's a state of mind. Oh yeah. 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 Nice. Nirvana, man. The Lost World, Ooh, Jurassic no. Park too. Need a better flag, though. Flag. Costa Rica. Yeah. Like is it red, white, flag. and triangle? I'm just kidding. People get really sensitive about their flags. Now look at that right, right under Nicaragua. What would the creeps flag be? Just a toilet? <laughs> the uh, toilet with, that's uh, overflowing. Jean-Luc Godard's coming out of it. Just his head be, pops out. It'd be Bergman crawling out to fucking give a shit because we didn't like one of his movies, and everyone got real mad about it. Right, chair. You can't Jesus. do that. You can't. What? Uh, t- piss off the Bergman boys? Can't do anything, dude. Hey, you just go to that 400 Below's episode and uh, check out the comments there. Or, you know, the Salo episodes. There's a lot of premium comments on that one. See, that's the it... thing about Meme Week is that I've been taking it, taking this kind of uh, abuse for years from the YouTube comments. So it's <laughs> I welcome the... Uh, I welcome just the onslaught of Jared things because it's making me feel making me feel better. And that's what it's can, all about, right, Jared? Can we can we have Jared give life to that uh monster uh was it the Scooby Doo meme? Please <laughs> just just scream Linda Cardellini. Just just scream it. Please, this has to be how we I, end tonight. I, I, I don't I don't even know what you guys are talking about anymore. My, I'm done. The meme. Linda. Scream Linda, say it. Say Linda. Good night. Linda!